Hello, and welcome to StarkCast. I'm Joe Stark, and today I'm talking with my friend from the Leftover Army and fellow podcaster, Dan Hepner. What is up, dude? Hey, good to be back, man. How you been? Oh, I've been great, man. I'm really excited to talk to you again. The last time you were here, I feel like that episode went way too fast. We got plenty of time ahead of us. Sounds like you've got tomorrow off. <laughs> yeah, as I said off air, and I am uh, indulging. Ah, uh, me too. I took a much needed beer break there. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I got some uh, bourbon for me right now. Oh shit! I can't really do the hard stuff. Can't really do oh. the hard stuff. I, I, I'm drinking fat tire tonight, just some craft beer. But there you go. Yeah, I mean, like you know, I love beer and everything too. But every once in a while, like, hey man, you know, I'm, I'm a bourbon and uh, scotch kind of guy. <laughs> See, I remember trying bourbon. Ooh, it would have been the last time I tried bourbon was in 2006. We had just bought our house, and I bought a pint bottle of Jack Daniels because something in my mind was like, hey, you're going to enjoy this, and I did not. I, I took one fucking <laughs> drink out of it, and I was like, oh, God, that tastes like rubbing alcohol smells, and yeah, I, I just couldn't do it. <laughs> I mean, first of all, like, I mean, Jack Daniels is, you know, I mean... Not to disparage people who like Jack Daniels, but, you know, it's cheap for a reason. You know, it's, it's very much... I mean, Jack Daniels is very much like the Miller Lite of bourbon. The Miller Lite of bourbon? <laughs> like, it's just, like, super commercially available and people just kind of buy it because of, like, the, the name brand? Exactly that. Yes, that is exactly what it is. You will find it anywhere that serves alcohol. That is really valid. I mean, yeah, it's 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 going to be like a, a, a bar staple, right? Yeah, exactly. And like for, uh, you know, a fifth of it, which would be a handle. I mean, it's like, I don't know. I think it's probably under twenty dollars. So, you know, it, <laughs> it's cheap as well. I mean, you know, it if you're just trying to get trash, it gets the job done. But if you're, you know, if you're willing to sitting down to enjoy something and savor it there's much 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 better stuff out there like i mean i'm not drinking anything that's like costs a hundred dollars a bottle or anything but like you know i've got i'm sipping on a little knob creek right now that's my preferred brand okay how do you like to drink it like um like on the rocks i keep it neat neat. I, i keep my stuff neat i i have some of the like the cube rocks that you throw in the freezer to throw in for chilling so it doesn't actually melt and dilute down the actual uh bourbon oh okay gotcha okay so they're just like actual rocks that you just put in the freezer and then they get really cold and then you okay that's pretty cool yeah i have a little baggy i mean like they're like cut obviously into like a cube shape but you know i mean there are various different kinds of those that you can get some are spherical some are really large you go to the right club on the right time of year and you'll get a giant ball that is a fucking rave item. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, like, you know, like Vegas, like they have tons of ones where it's like plastic uh, ice cubes and they have like the red, white and green, you know, flashing lights in and you can set it to different settings. And it's like, all right, I mean, you know, I'm getting trash and I'm probably on something else if I'm in Vegas, right? I don't know if I need to lose myself into a eighth dimension inside of my drink glass (laughs) that's one of those places i've never had any motivation to go i've always wanted to but i feel like now at this point in my life i have no real interest 
like I just now I think about it like yeah I've never been man I should go on a trip there sometime and I immediately go it's so loud (laughs) what's funny is that whenever I think of Vegas I immediately think of CSI (laughs) like (laughs) like, that's sad that's sad that (laughs) that's not good (laughs) it's like well if you go to Vegas you're obviously going to get murdered <laughs> that or you're the inadvertent perp. No, no. <laughs> she was just a hooker, okay? I don't know what the big deal is. <laughs> oh shit. There are some places outside of Vegas that I'd be down to go and see, but I don't I think I'd have to do some research first on like like what what are what things to keep in mind when you're hiking in the desert. <laughs> because it is not going to be like hiking in Iowa. <laughs> if you see a lone car out on the road, run away from it because they're probably looking to dispose of somebody already. <laughs> hey, fellas, what are you digging a hole for? <laughs> <laughs> oh, why are you digging a second one now all of a sudden? That's weird. <laughs> do, do you need help with that? You guys, you know, I would hate for you guys to sweat through those nice suits you're wearing. <laughs> What's oh the, gosh! What's the bat for? Oh god, that reminds me when I when I signed my first car loan, uh, I was banking at the time at Teamsters Credit Union because my dad's been a uh, in the Teamsters Union for as long as I can remember, gotcha. and so it's just gonna happen to be where I set up my my first bank account where I got a loan, and you know I I didn't really know any of that history or anything. I was just you know being a funny kid and like we're signing the paperwork at the bank and i say to the bank manager i'm like so if i miss a payment are you guys gonna send somebody out to break my legs and without missing a beat he looks at me goes we're gonna put you right in the foundation of a building joe (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding but seriously don't miss a payment oh my dad did not think it was funny the look he gave me (laughs) (laughs) oh god yeah, I mean, Vegas, man. I mean, I've, I've, I have plenty of friends who have went, and yeah, I think I've just kind of missed the boat in terms of, like, age to want to go anymore. And I'm just too crotchety to want to put up with the noise and everything else. Oh, for sure. Like, okay, because it's like, okay, run, let's run down the list of things that Vegas is really popular for. Okay, gambling. Definitely no, not something you. I do. No, and yeah, because, I mean, the last time I really gambled, I was like, you know, like a Tuesday night $5 buy-in of, like, poker with a group of people, right? Other than things like that, the last time I ever really did gamble was back, like, I think that was 2007, maybe 2008, uh, and it was in Monte Carlo. And I lost about 500 euros in the span of less than an hour. (laughs) And this is at the time when euros were, like, basically $2 American dollars worth, so... Well, I was like That's a painful. grand in an hour, and I was just like, "All right, I'm I'm good." Oh no, kidding! That's terrible, man. That's yeah. So I, I wouldn't do the gambling thing. Like, okay, legal legal prostitution. D- don't really have any interest in having sex with a prostitute. Yeah, that doesn't really do a lot for me. <laughs> I can just rent a movie for much cheaper in the hotel room, <laughs> and. uh you know, I'm sure they have decent Wi-Fi, so you know what? Don't even need to rent. I'll just take care of it myself. <laughs> just rub one out for the love of the game. <laughs> <laughs> for the love of the game. 
It's not jerking it's off. It's not even is. enjoyment, it's just maintenance. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not something guys have to do. It's something they do for the love of the game. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, like what else is there? Like seeing a like seeing a stage show or like, you know, a magic act or comedy or whatever. I mean that could be fun, you know, oh, depending that... on who's playing and everything, but I did not consider the stage acts and stuff like that. That yeah, probably Cirque would Soleil, be pretty cool. that'd be fun to do. I've seen Cirque du Soleil before, so that's kinda cool. That is it is a cool experience. Yeah. And you know, I can say people, but I mean I, I I've found that that people is something that I complain about more then then I probably need to because <laughs> it's like I, I made it through all those comic cons in Chicago and it's like that's about as peopley as it gets and I made it through yeah. that and so it's like okay after that anything seems okay yeah and but I think like at least for me my mindset especially if I'm like in a different place especially far removed from where I live I I stop worrying so much and being annoyed by people, but I, what I'm going to do is spend the whole time in Vegas people watching because I love to people watch. That seems like that could be a, a pretty good sport there. Like it would be like next right? level, like Walmart it's times turtle 10. Browns. Like what else, <laughs> right? Like much better than your local Walmart. You've seen the same, you know, fat, gross <laughs> people there, but there's going to be people in Vegas wearing all kinds of stuff, different styles and outfits and fashion choices, actual fashion as opposed to just you know, loose sweatpants and flip flops. <laughs> Dude, our Walmart was really fancy for a while. We had a a, a British gentleman as the greeter. Oh jeez. His name was his name was Roger and he kinda of mumbled the greeting as you walked in. Hello, welcome to Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> he had this hat on like he was a newsie from the thirties. Oh <laughs> like, god. Yeah. Like They're selling papes. <laughs> what tragedy and poor choices beset that man to end up from England to Walmart greeter. It, like there is a there is a tale, an ep, a a tale <laughs> of woe, despair and ill-gotten deeds in there, I'm sure. I always wanted to ask. Be like, dude, how how do you end up here being a greeter at Walmart? Right in like wherever I think I don't remember exactly where you live, but like, I mean, it's a Walmart, so whatever. But goddamn! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, last last because uh, you're in the that? Midwest, right? Yeah, I'm in Iowa. Yeah, so like, how the fuck does somebody get from England to Walmart greeter in Iowa? Yeah, right. It's it's weird. There was la- last summer we went camping at a, a state preserve called Yellow Forest, which is up in northeast Iowa. Sure. And so it, it's at one point we need to go and get supplies. And so uh, me and my oldest son, uh, Aiden, we jumped in my forerunner that I had at the time and just started driving and went towards the Mississippi and found this little town named, I think it was McGregor, maybe it was right on the Mississippi, just a tiny little town. And there was this one little like convenience store slash grocery that was open. And so we went in and got all this stuff and took it up to the counter. And it was a lady from England that was checking us out. And I was like, wow, what are you doing here? And she's like, oh, life's strange, isn't it, love? <laughs> like, it sure is. Like, yeah, but why don't you elaborate on that, please? <laughs> yeah. That's that's a real, like, they're in witness protection from something that happened in jolly old England. <laughs> yeah. There are times, too, that I wonder if it's just somebody that's bored and they're fucking with a stranger. 
like oh the next the next people who come in you know during the the three o'clock hour they're gonna get british me <laughs> i i have done that before when i worked at like walgreens i <laughs> so often would just fuck around and just like throw on a voice of some kind i'll tell you a really ridiculous example um not even with walmart um when i was going to community college up um north of chicago close to the wisconsin border um i one semester had an abnormal psychology class that i was taking just for fun because i like that kind of stuff and i didn't show up for the first three weeks Week four, because it only met once a week on a Monday, and it was like a late class that lasted two and a half hours. Didn't show up the first three weeks. Week four was our first test. So I contacted the uh, the teacher. I was like, hey, I know I haven't been here for at all yet, but, you know, I'm not dropping out. He's like, well, you haven't been here at all. I'm like, tell you what, let this first test decide whether I stay. If I do poorly, then you drop me. If I do good, then I'm still here. He's like, okay, fine. Got a 98% on it, having not been to class once. <laughs> and then, for some reason, just for fun, I decided when showing up for the test, you know what? I'm just going to throw on a British accent for the entire class, for the rest of the semester. <laughs> and I did. I don't know how convincing it necessarily was, but like, I kept it up the whole time and nobody like really called me out on it at any point in time. Pass with an A. <laughs> That's really funny. Because I'm that asshole. <laughs> uh, I figured I figured it's an abnormal psychology class. I don't know. Could be fun. Could be fun doing this. See if there's a thing that happens. <laughs> well, if they would have caught you, they could have been like, well, maybe this is some abnormal psychology. Let's talk about Dan. That's exactly why I did it. <laughs> Yeah, I but either either I was convincing or everybody just didn't give a shit and just yeah. let it go. Everybody's dead inside anyway. <laughs> right. Years like ago, I, I was working at Ikado Foods and I was in the working in the deli and this guy was in and he was like ordering stuff out of the hot case. So I'm like, you know, scooping out mashed potatoes and stuff. And he's talking and his accent is not making any sense to me. And so I'm like, that's an interesting accent. Where are you from? He's like, oh, I'm just making shit up. And I'm like, <laughs> Okay, dude. <laughs> I'm like, I hope you never have to get questioned by the police because you folded quick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it's just for a bit, you know, as soon as someone calls you out, you got to admit that it's a bit, you know, <laughs> you can't commit to it, especially if like, if it's just a random stranger at a fucking grocery store or something like that. It's like, it's not worth trying to like fight their, their skepticism, you know? All right. <laughs> then, you just, then you just come off looking like a psychopath as opposed to just somebody who's just trying to have some fun with their day, you know? Yo, oh, totally. Yeah. When, when I worked at a, I worked for, at a hotel for, I think just like a month years and years ago and it was a second shift job and so part of it was you'd have to call all the other local hotels and ask what their best rate was because they wanted to have a sheet oh, every night to to show you know what our best rate is and all the competitors and so you just call up and you'd then also field calls throughout the night and so whenever i do the calls out i got bored with it after the first week and i started just putting on different accents Oh, yeah. Well, because you have to, because obviously you have to pretend you're someone who's interested in booking, <laughs> right? You can't just be like, hi, I'm from the Best Western across the street or whatever, right? What's your going rate tonight? Hello? Yeah, yeah exactly. Hello? Hello? <laughs> you know, so. 
apparently it's a it's a call that hotels field a lot of you know hey what's your best you know rate for the night yeah i mean i would imagine from local competition but then there's a lot of people i'm sure just looking for like all right what's the cheapest hotel nearby for us to you know our craigslist meet you know (laughs) dude and this one i was at at the time this was this was iowa in february and this place had an outdoor swimming pool so there was nobody that wanted to stay in this hotel like (laughs) that month i was there i think the busiest night we might have had like five guests out of how many rooms oh lots there was like six floors and five or six floors in the hotel oh no (laughs) yeah and and like part of the job was you'd have to go up and you know like walk the hallways dude i only did that a couple times before i was like i think i'm gonna start making this up because i'm walking through these hallways where i check the computer there's nobody staying on this floor and that's an unnerving fucking feeling you know, walking these, <laughs> it's not even super late. Cause like the, I'd get off work at like 11 or something like that. But, yeah. But you still never know when a, uh, elevator door is going to open and a geyser of blood comes flowing out, you know, it would make me think of the shining nonstop. Yeah. You never know when your, your little fucking motel becomes the fucking overlook. You never know. So. <laughs> yeah. Pretty quickly. I realized, okay, bring a good book. And just hang out in the office behind the front desk and just read your book. And then when you hear the little ding, you put your book down and go out there with a smile. Yeah. Can't be that hard. <laughs> it really wasn't a bad job. I remember it was really, really snowy one night, so they comped me a room. Well, that's nice. So that was pretty cool. I remember the guy for, who worked first shift came back and got a room, and so they questioned him. They're like, why the fuck did you come back? <laughs> and stay in a room and then apparently he partied in it and left it a giant mess also and it's like oh man who's a dummy to boot i mean you know whatever <laughs> i can't imagine i mean like how how old was this other guy uh same age as me i'd actually gone to high school with him and it just randomly meet up with him again in this job yeah sometimes that happens man also fuck it who cares it's not a serious job <laughs> no no that you that were was, there for a month <laughs> yeah it, well and that was also it was like it was right when i had finished college and so i was just trying to get a job in graphic design because that was what i got a degree in and you know this was after the the dot-com bubble burst and is just it was really hard to get entry work especially with just an associate's degree and it's like all right well if most places aren't even hiring graphic designers it's like there's no way i'm gonna take this all the way up to a bachelor's degree there's no entry-level work around here fuck it i just need to start finding a full-time job and and the hotel was it for a little bit and then i got an offer for something else that even to this day i kick myself for accepting that was a i signed a contract to work for this lady doing window tinting for cars and houses and that lady was a fucking she was a lunatic (laughs) <laughs> like, dude, I had like PTSD type symptoms after working for her for a few years. It was terrible. God damn! One of the most toxic bosses I've ever worked for. And I wish her nothing but the worst in life. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you bad on all your future endeavors. <laughs> Vocational career life. Yeah sex that's funny it's funny when you get old enough to look back on things like that and be like hmm if i could go back and like knock that pen out of younger joe's hand and be like don't sign that contract are you out of your mind 
Yeah, but you get good stories out of it. You know, there's experience to be had there. Whether or not it's useful career experience is beside the point. It's interesting <laughs> anecdotal things so that one day you can talk about on a fucking podcast. <laughs> that is true. I, I should I should sit down and come up with some <laughs> some stories about that place. I'm sure I, Oh man, she was she yeah, was I mean, just rough. Like I have plenty of regrets in life, but I also hold the mindset of, hey, I wouldn't be where I am now without all that, every little fucking nook and cranny of it. So I wouldn't change anything. I'm happy with me. I'm happy where I'm at. So, you know, why why go around and step on the wrong blade of grass and turn me into a woman? <laughs> or whatever the fuck, you know? Yeah. You know, how all, the, all that shit goes and all the various theories and so forth. So. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, the same I, goes I just, for me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything because I wouldn't want any of the, you know, the really good things that I have in life right now, which is lots. I wouldn't want any of that to change. But, man, yeah. there are times where I think about certain past trauma and I'm like, maybe I could do without that. Yeah, well, I'll tell you one thing that maybe no i still wouldn't because a lot came out of this but you know what it's it's story time you want to hear a story oh yeah okay this is what i call the florida story uh anybody who knows me who's listening to this in the future here you know exactly what story this is about to be this is an epic tale of some sorts so when I was 19, uh, you know, out of high school, went to college in Clemson for a year, failed out, came back, lived with my dad for a little over a year. And during the time I was going to school at a local community college, the one I was talking about earlier, but I went there twice than the abnormal psych classes the second time around. This is the first time around. Um, 19 years old, uh, second to a spring semester. And we were just coming up on uh, spring break and uh, had m recently met up and started hanging out with a guy who also was going to class, who was going to school there. But neither of us really were going to class a lot because we're delinquents. Um, usually just a lot of hanging out in my car, driving around and getting high and then hanging out for a bit. Uh, so he <laughs> sounds like familiar college to me. Right. <laughs> so through him, we started hanging out with this chick. Uh, who was like his ex-girlfriend or whatever, right? And we're like, you know, the area that she lived in that also I lived in, very equitable, a lot of money in those houses. So she was talking about, hey, she wants to do something for spring break. So somehow through the process of things, me, him, and her are getting an expenses paid by her mom trip down to Tampa Bay for spring break. Uh, staying at like the Hilton and ever the or the Grand Hyatt and like you know money and so forth. Thing is, I was supposed to be going to Arizona with my dad and my stepmom. Didn't say anything. We were literally leaving the next morning. Oh no! And the day before, we get in my car and start driving down to fucking Florida without <laughs> me saying anything. So, you know. Not eight o'clock, nine o'clock, ten o'clock rolling around. I'm getting texts a bunch from my dad and missed calls from not answering him, right? Of like, hey, where the hell are you? We're leaving in the morning, yada yada yada. You know, you better be here. Don't fuck you know, what all this other stuff. Ghost him the whole time. Um 
And we drive straight through, by the way. 22 hours straight. Not really stop. We're like, we don't stay over anywhere overnight and everything. We're just driving the whole fucking time. And just getting blitzed the entire fucking time. Like a bunch of idiots. <laughs> so, we get there eventually. By this time, my dad has, you know, I should have already been on a plane. My dad informed me as they were boarding the plane. Uh, you know... I don't know where the hell you are. I hope you're safe, but I've registered that I let the police know that the car is stolen. Oh, no. So I've legally stolen my own car at this point, which is great. Fantastic. We get down to Florida, get down to Tampa, check in the hotel and everything, get set up. <clears throat> that night, go out partying. I let my dad know sometime during the day that, hey, I'm alive. No one stole the car. I just decided to do something else instead and didn't say anything. <laughs> He's like, okay, I will let them know that the car was not stolen, but you are in deep shit when you get back. I'm like, I understand this. <laughs> that night, go out partying. The girl, uh, like, just go to, like, a couple local bars and then a club, right? The girl hooks up with a couple, like, hooks up with a random dude, a local, uh, who, as it turns out, he and the guy he was with, that then are staying with her in her hotel room, which is adjoined to ours. Me and him, me and the other guy have a separate one. Are, uh, they're part of the GD. Oh, the gang? Yeah, yeah, Gangster's Disciples GD. So now we're just rolling with the GD for the next week? <laughs> yeah, that sounds advisable. Uh, very not so. <laughs> It was a weird week. Now I was fucked up in almost the entire time, like start to finish, constantly just drinking and smoking and yada, 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 right? All the worst choices made in life. Um, we come to the last day of like, hey, I, you know, we're, we have to leave the hotel because this is all word that her mom had us for was for like five days or whatever, right? So I'm like, hey, we're leaving, yada, yada. Here's my plan. My plan is, because she's like, Oh, I forgot to mention this. It wasn't until we got down to Florida. She let us know she was actually, she had a bench warrant out and was supposed to be on house arrest. <laughs> in, in Illinois? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So I've also now aided and abetted someone with a warrant across multiple state lines. Hooray. <laughs> in in a car that was previously reported stolen. <laughs> <laughs> right and we're hanging out with the gd this whole week boy life's funny <laughs> so she lets us know because of all this she's not going back i'm like okay crazy whatever you want to do and i'm just thinking in my head i'm like okay you know i mean she's a cute girl she's white and i'm like all right she's gonna get pimped the fuck out when we leave and you know what that's not my fucking problem so i'm like okay here's what we're gonna do because me and uh her ex my friend we are leaving so i'm like here's what we're gonna do you know we're gonna get all of our stuff together yada yada i gotta go make a trip you know or i'm doing something real quick uh i'm gonna go make a trip come back everybody packs I'll drop you guys off at their place because we've been there a bunch of times during this week. Then me and him, we're going to drive up to South Carolina to Clemson where I went to school for that for the previous year. 
hang out with some of my friends there for like a day or so because it's coming up on the weekend, right? I think we're leaving on like a Thursday or Friday. And then we'll drive back to Illinois afterward. Cool. Cool. I go out. I come back. Hey, where is she? Uh, I don't know. I ask the guy. Like He's like, I don't know. Okay. Knock on the door repeatedly. Open the door. She's not in there. Her bags aren't in there. Go to the garage. My car's not in there. Oh, no. They stole my car. So now your car, car really is stolen. Is stolen. Exactly, right? So I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. Call the police. Like, hey, get someone out here. My car was stolen. I know where it is. Because I do. Yeah, because they drive it right to the house you've been going to or whatever. Yeah. It takes the cops five hours to show up. At a hotel. It takes them five hours to show up. And I'm just fuming at this point in time. I'm giving the officer all kinds of shit. Just cussing at him. Be like, what the fuck? I'm like, I know where the fuck it is, you dumbasses. You needed to show up. We could have been there already. And this whole mess could have been over. You stupid asshole. Get in your goddamn squad car and listen to my directions. <laughs> we drive there. Of course, there's my car. The plates have been removed. The tires have been slashed. Oh, my God. So, okay. He's like, are we going to file charges? I'm like, you know what? No. We're not going to file charges. I just want my car towed to a place where I can get some, uh, you know, used tires slapped on it for cheap and get the fuck out of your miserable ass state. (laughs) No shit, right? So, we do. By the way, I'm having money problems during this whole time, and I'm maxing out my credit card during all this as well, because I didn't plan ahead well or have money saved up for this, because, you know, spur of the moment, stupid 19-year-old decisions. (laughs) Go back to the hotel, because, like, our shit's still there, right? Because they let us, even though we're past the checkout time, because of circumstances, they allowed us not to stay for the night, but to, like, you know, we don't have to check out until all this fiasco is dealt with, right? So go back, collect my thoughts. I actually walk out because we're on the, the bay, the Grand Hyatt there is. So I actually, there's a nice little nature walk from the pool that goes out to a gazebo that's just extended out into the water. It's a really beautiful sight and everything. So I go out there, just collect my thoughts, walk over to the tiki bar at the uh, pool, break it open and steal all the mini bottles of liquor out of it. <laughs> Get in the car, and then instead of driving up to, because of circumstances and everything... We end up actually driving down to Sarasota, where uh, my friend that I'm there with, one of his friends lives. So we go down to Sarasota for the night. Then the next morning, he decides, oh, he's not going to come back either. <laughs> wow. Like, oh, my God. Like, now I have to make this, like, it's literally the walk of shame. It's a very long drive of shame now that's about <laughs> to happen. <clears throat> you 20 plus hours of driving ahead of you now by yourself. Because I spent an extra, we drove an extra hour and a half south, so now it's about 24-hour drive at this point. Oh, yuck. But I'm like, I'm going to salvage something out of this. I still drive up to Clemson, hang out there for a day or so, go to a couple parties, have a really good time, actually. Kind of makes me feel a little bit better. Oh, wait. I forgot. As soon as I left Sarasota, like an hour into the drive, I get pulled over because I don't have any plates. Because they got stolen. I have a note from the cops 
I have the uh, like a you know paperwork and everything to say, hey, the car was stolen and the plates were taken off of it, yada yada. Uh huh. Unfortunately, they can smell the weed that I was just smoking. Oh yeah. So then I get a t- I get a, a you know court date for that, which I don't go to because <laughs> I'm like I'm not coming back. Drive up to Clemson, have a good time there, then drive all the way, you know, a day or so later, all the way back up to Chicago. (sighs) (laughs) So how was Florida? (laughs) Right. Oh, it was the best. I had that bench warrant for like four years from skipping the court date. It actually came up for I had to deal with it when. I was going to, like I said earlier, my gambling thing in Monte Carlo, that was for a whole family trip doing a Mediterranean cruise that, hey, passport, international travel, don't you still have a bench warrant out in Florida? Oh, shit, I should probably do something about that. I just had to pay a fine, and that was that. Oh, well, that's not too bad then. No, but, like, I let that sit for, like, three and a half years. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, there was some extra fees piled out to it, but got it taken care of and everything. And then, you know, uh, Europe was great. <laughs> it was certainly better than Florida. <laughs> so, like, what were the circumstances of taking a trip to Europe? Uh, just, uh, my grandmother on my dad's side uh, just wanted to do a whole big, like, that whole side of the family trip and everything. Old money. So she paid for most of the whole damn thing. So, like, there was 15, 18 of us, including children, that were on the trip and everything. It was a lovely thing. We started off uh, in Monte Carlo, hence why I lost all the fucking money. Uh, Then we went uh, west along the Mediterranean northern coast, uh, going to Barcelona then we kind of worked our way backward, hitting up like uh, San Tropez, Porta de Mallorca, uh, one or two other places I can't remember, Florence, and then eventually ended in Rome. Then we stayed three extra days in Rome before heading back. Wow. What was the coolest thing you did in Rome? <laughs> I, I bet there was a lot. Not, not learning my lesson about Florida, but no <laughs> bad ending. <laughs> Met a bunch, you know, first night there, went out to a local bar after, you know, family tucked in for the night and everything. Met a group of locals and everything. Ended up every night for the next three nights partying with them. (laughs) A lot of crazy drinks, a lot of weird, like, kind of literally like, you know, in John Wick 2 when he goes to assassinate the the Italian dude's sister? Mm Mm-hmm. And that put that like weird, crazy party in the Coliseum that they're having, where he like shoots the dude on stage, everybody just starts cheering. This is a weird, like electronica violin and the laser light show, shit like that. Actually, wow, yeah, not like that scale and not in the like Coliseum or anything, but like weird, crazy underground, like you would expect to show up in either like the beginning of a horror movie or a Blade movie. <laughs> it makes me think of American Werewolf in Paris, kind of that movie. Yeah, kind of. A little less eyewise shut, but a bit more raving. <laughs> Dude, eyes wide shut. It's one of those things where I always know what people are talking about when they reference it. Because I can remember the trailers, but it was one of those ones where I was like, yeah, no, I'm not watching this movie. Yeah, no, I've never seen it either. I just, <laughs> exactly like you, know the references. Exactly, right? 
<laughs> Thank God for cultural osmosis. Oh, that's really funny. <laughs> but yeah, so that is my Florida story. Yikes, dude. Yeah, oh, that, that would great. be... There, there, there's a lot I left out because I could go on for like four hours. <laughs> And also, not all of it am I willing to divulge. Yeah. <laughs> no, when I, I, I've shared some pretty boneheads, like, I've shared stories of, like, real bonehead shit that I've done in the past and, and other stuff where I was like, maybe I shouldn't put that on the internet. <laughs> oh, well, there it is. But yeah, there's, it seems like for every one of those stories, there's ten more where it's like, hmm, <laughs> probably don't talk about that. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm always willing to talk about any poor choice i've made just omitting certain details <laughs> there's like you know the safe for work version and the not safe for work version <laughs> just cut out all the porn scenes and like the graphic violence <laughs> i've made some dumb choices in life my good sir <laughs> Oh, dude. Yeah, it's... <sighs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> right, like, how do you transition away from this? <laughs> no, I, I just, like, it was like, well, what what dumb things have you done? It's like, well, we didn't narrow it down just this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's real, like, I don't know, I can maybe give you some highlights from the last year. <laughs> dude, speaking of that, can you believe how fast time is going? It's like, we're almost at the end of 2021 now. What the hell? It simultaneously flies by and crawls. Yeah. What? What is it? The the isn't there a, a saying that something like the years fly, the days drag, and the years fly? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, that's it's very very apt. It really is, and like it's, you know, I sometimes muse about it, thinking back of like it. It's all relativity, right? You know, when you're six years old, a Two and a half months of summer seems like so fucking long. Now you think about it and it's just over before you even blink and you're like, fuck, it's it's October. Yeah. yeah. It's the double edged sword of getting older and having greater and greater understanding of the world around you. Ain't that true. There's a lot of double edged swords with more you understand the world around you. <laughs> I'll tell you, in my personal opinion, the the greatest example of the double-edged sword of that is the you you know when you're younger even though when you're a rebellious teenager you still th are thinking in the back of your head for most people at least who come through the other side okay anyway that like man i hate my parents but they do have it figured out i just you know maybe i'll just come up with something that they don't right and you're wrong but more importantly when you get older and now, in my case, you know, mid you know, mid to late 30s, and you just realize, like, wow, nobody has anything figured out. Everybody's a fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah. It's the people who, like, come up to you and like, I have all this stuff figured out. Let me tell you about it. They're the ones that are selling you something. Right? It's it's the real thing of just, like, you know, you when you're young, you look at your parents, and you're like, wow. Or when you're, when you're really young and then again when you're kind of like getting to your late teens, early 20s, right? You're like, wow, they, you know, they they just understand that they have stuff figured out. They've been there, right? So they know this stuff, right? And you start actually understanding that. But then you get to their age, you get to their age now that they were then and you just go, oh, no, they were still just making it up as they went along too. 
Nobody knows. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Fuck, we're, we're doomed. Uh, yeah, you can just look at the world around you and <laughs> you can see that. I mean, yeah, the last year and a half or so, I mean, let's be real, the last five or so years has just really, really driven the point home of like, wow, yeah, there's just, there's no answer to anything. It's just madness. Uh, and it's like the crazy just keeps getting crazier now. Either that or it's just due to the prevalence of the internet and the 24-hour news cycle and all that shit, maybe we just see more about it now. But I, I read an article cool. the other day that there was some crazy fucker that he went and killed his brother and his sister-in-law because his brother was a pharmacist giving people COVID vaccinations. And so he was convinced that his brother was, like, killing people. That's the thing. I think it's you were saying, you know, you don't know whether it's just people are getting crazier or we hear about it more because the Internet. It's both, in my opinion. It's both. It's we're hearing about it more because with the Internet and technology and social media and this global network, everybody has the equal volume megaphone. Right. Everybody has the same volume of microphone on Twitter and Instagram until they do something that violates terms of services. Right. Yeah. Um. But the problem – so everybody has the same level of microphone that they usually in the past would never have said anything pre-internet days because they would have assumed they were the only one. Now, not only does everybody have the same microphone, but now all the crazy people who thought they were alone realize they aren't band together. And because of that, they get crazier. Yeah, it's that echo chamber, right? Where Yeah. Where they're getting that confirmation bias that they were searching for and – did, that abnormal ripple becomes a fucking whirlpool. Yeah. Did you, are you aware of all the weird shit going on with Facebook right now? Uh, I haven't been paying attention to it. I mean, obviously, you know, there was the outage at the beginning of the week and everything that I've seen some funny memes at my personal favorite <laughs> that I share with a couple people is Grimlock hitting a button on Teletran one going, wonder what this do. <laughs> yeah. Apparently that outage cost uh zuckerberg like eight and a half billion dollars oh poor him and it's like what like fucking i don't know money on that level is so fucking weird but no the, the thing that, that came out was you there was a, real it's it's weird because it's not real money well like, yeah and, and that's you could sit that's there and the go thing. put eight billion dollars in front of me right now try it <laughs> yeah i mean that i don't know that's some weird shit but the there was um there was like a, a whistleblower at Facebook that said that they're aware of the fact that the algorithms that oh, they yeah, use, yeah, yeah. you know, they, they target people with stuff that makes them angry because if you're angry about shit, you're more likely to click on it. And yeah. so there was thoughts of, you know, well, why don't we change this algorithm so that our users have a happier experience? And basically the thought was we can't do that because we're going to lose money if people aren't clicking as much. And so they're yeah. willfully promoting this like negative toxic behavior that is like ultimately like doing more to split and divide the country. And because, hey, it's it's making some shareholders a little wealthier. It, it, we, you know, with that that fucking weird like, OK, Facebook was down for a handful of hours and it cost them over eight billion dollars. What? Like, I, I don't know. That's it's just internet whack. ad revenue, man. That's internet ad revenue for you. It's crazy. But I mean, that has yeah, to be what like, it comes down to. Just that lost internet ad revenue. But that holy is that's crap. exactly what it is. And that's why simultaneously, I, 
Because I forget which happened first, the whistleblow or the uh, outage. I can't remember which happened first. I want to say the whistleblow happened first, which, you yeah. know, hey, convenient that all of a sudden they uh, had an outage the next day or so for a few hours, maybe while they changed those algorithms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe made them more aggressive. Yeah, but I mean, the, the thing is, like, as, as fucked up as it is, I just sit there and I hear that news and I just go, yeah. That's what everybody fucking does. That's what every fucking company does. Hate moves money. Happiness doesn't. Not in a economic sense. Not in terms of like, you know, billions of dollars worth. And it's just, you know, further example and proof of like the exploitation of mass populace of, you know, people who just don't are so removed from the real fucking world that they wouldn't even... Like, you could sit them in my or your house for one day, and they wouldn't even know what they're looking at most of the time. Because <laughs> they're, like, so far removed from reality. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's that, and I just think there's a whole lot of people in this country, and, you know, probably in the world also, that they just choose their own objective reality, and and they push away anything that doesn't conform to that, and they just basically walk around just living this world of like this fantasy world and i don't know depending on what level you're existing on in that it's it goes from harmless to downright frightening and then we've just been seeing so many effects of like the the frightening level of it and yeah i don't know there, there's enough yeah. things in this country already that that have things at a boil, boiling point and i don't remember the exact statistic but there was like I think like 18 out of 20 or 19 out of 20 uh, like Christian Facebook groups were actually run by Russian troll farms. Sure. Why not? (laughs) It's like, holy shit, man. Like we just have this like wide open gate to, to just let all these other countries, you know, foreign, foreign central or foreign uh, intelligence agencies and stuff, just doing things to, you know, just keep dividing in America and making us not have any trust at all in in our election processes and our democracy. And, you know, I mean, they, they've just found these perfect ways to weaken America from within. And so many people are just I think they just are really, really unsatisfied with their own life. And, and maybe maybe they feel like they don't have anybody that they can, you know, really let loose on. And then they get online and they just let loose there and it's just all this spew of toxic bullshit. Like I'll, I'll find myself drifting to comment sections sometimes. And I usually leave right away and I never generally add to them because I feel like it's not going to do any good. And it's like Facebook. I feel like, I don't know. Fa- fa- the only reason I keep Facebook anymore is just because of communities like the leftover army and you know, the, the heroes of noise community and scenic cast community and stuff. It's it's really the only thing I want to do with it anymore that, and you know, promoting start cast and, or if something I'm writing or something like that. So it, it, in a way it feels like a necessary evil, but I try to not really indulge in it. And it's, it's funny. There's, there's a few things there. There's a lot to unpack there and I will try to remember, <laughs> try my best to, remember the points as you kind of went there because i was like oh i want to talk about that oh and that oh and that let's see if i can remember it all um i mean first of all you know hopefully the the all those christian groups that are run by russian bots are actually just there to help uh mine bitcoin from everybody who's a member of processing power 
So hopefully that, although nefarious purposes with the Bitcoin, but whatever. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, like you're saying about just like all this toxicity and people not having feeling like they don't have an outlet. So it comes out in the, these deluges of, you know, word of mouth vomit and nonsense and crazy. Right. A lot of it is because, I mean, first of all, it's human nature, in my opinion, that people need to find explanations for things. I mean, it's the curiosity of the human nature to try to discover the undiscovered, to know the unknown, right? I mean, it's our explorative uh, uh, penchant. Yeah. And so with that comes the, well, people, especially uneducated people, are going to look for any sort of explanation for hardships or things that they don't agree with in life. And, you know, conspiracies have a nice way of sounding intricate and detailed and make it because, you know, the idea of like shadow government organizations and, you know, uh, plots by Bill Gates to, you know, indoctrinate people by uh, vaccinating everybody with microchips and so forth and all that sort of stuff. It all sounds highfalutin and romantic than something that would be in a movie, right? And it's that would be entertaining and interesting and deep. But the world isn't that. The real world isn't that. That's why we have these fiction stories that are told to us through books and movies and TV and stuff. Because the real world is boring. And it's boring <laughs> because a lot of times there's not an explanation for things. There's not some A led to B, led to C, led to F, led to Q, right? That's not how the real world works. Sometimes just B happened because that's how the fuck it happened. You know, sometimes you fucking just get hit by a drunk driver. There's not a story necessarily behind that. I know that was a bit, you know, dark, but it tragedy doesn't have a reason behind it a lot of the time. But yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to have a reason. Sometimes bad shit and can most just of the time, happen. And most of the time it doesn't. You know, people, it's much easier to fall into this fantasy and this illusion of like, ah, there was a plot for COVID to happen and then the vaccine to happen for this and that and so forth and yada yada. All these conspiracies and whatnot because people want to try to make sense of the chaotic nature of the universe that we live in. But That's the reality true. is there isn't. There is on an atomic level that if you go to school long enough and dedicate yourself to that field of research – you will gain much better understanding of things. And I certainly am not educated enough to say I really understand any of that. But, you know, I pay attention to stuff every once in a while and read a paper here or there. But, like, you know, it's enough for me to accept the fact that the world's just fucking random. And shit just fucking happens sometimes. And there's not grand conspiracies. People want to make sense of the tragedy. They want to feel like there's a reason why they got screwed over when they get screwed over. But there isn't. And so because of that, people get all this anger built inside of them and they don't have an outlet and they've fabricated all this stuff in their head. And when they spot, like I said earlier, when they find someone else who has these same issues and come up with these same or at least similar lined, crazy ideas, it's, you know, it's, it's validation. It's biased validation of their own craziness. And that's how this shit kind of happens. And, but it's not, you know, it isn't what it's not that it's just shit happens. And, 
somebody decided, you know, the wrong person cooked the wrong or undercooked the uncooked fucking bat stomach and somebody ate it and got sick from it. And it was the right time where it modified its own genetic code. The bacteria turned into a virus or whatever, however that works. I don't know. So I probably said all that wrong. But coronavirus happened there. Yeah. And then, it's, and then it spread because people are people. And above all else, we be selfish. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. America has really shown a selfish side in this. Like, I mean, like I don't willfully. Think more, what I'll say is this. I don't think it's any more selfish than we've ever shown constantly in our history. I think that this is just the most self-detrimental it has been. Yeah, it's definitely self-detrimental. I mean, the the amount of people that that you know are are in the hospital and it's like well these people that are in there that are doing really bad they didn't have the vaccine and yeah some people that had the vaccine are going to the hospital and they're really not getting put on the ventilators as as much as the others like uh, not too long ago i had a a check-in with my doctor and i hadn't seen him since before 2020 and so it'd been a little bit and and he spent about 10 minutes just kind of shooting the shit with me because right when he walked in the room, I was like, boy, you've got to be feeling really disappointed in, in like a lot of Americans Everything. right now. huh?" And and the way he broke it down was really interesting. He he was saying that he, he wishes that, that he could, you know, have a conversation with these people that that are the anti-vaxxers and explain to them, you know, hey, there's millions of people in India that would love to be in your shoes right now. And have, to have access to this level of healthcare and, and access to this free vaccine that you're going to be like, no, I'm not taking that for for, you know, for any any amount of reasons that they've been spouting off. The one that, that really, really tickles me the best is all these people saying my body, my choice, and then not seeing the irony of the yeah, fact that they're the pro-life saying people, that. And it's yeah. like, what the fuck, man? Here's the thing. I, and this is just me. I refuse to call them pro-life. They are anti-abortion. It's a very good way to look at it because they're, they're, they're not, not pro-life. pro-life. No, they're, they're, pro, pro-life they're pro-birth. pro-life like a positive thing, and it's fucked yeah. up. No, they're pro-birth, and for the most part, if it's like they care about the kid being born, and then they're not going to do it. They don't, they don't really want to do much to, to help these kids. They don't want to do much to, to bolster foster care system. They leave all these things a shambles, but then as soon as those kids turn 18, if it's a male... Hey, we want you in the armed services now. But then when we're done with you, we're not also not going to take care of you. Oh, and yeah. so it's George like it's Harlan like in like really 97. St- oh, yeah. Bit about that. I love that bit, man. And it's it's just as true now as it was then. And yeah, it's always and, and it's true. always been that way. It's like, no, they they need they need a bunch of poor bodies to go and fight their fucking wars. Yeah. It's and, just and preferably they the- want these people to be stupid and not be independent thinkers. So you can't question and say, hey. Why are we doing this? <laughs> it's, yeah. Uh, Isn't it weird that a lot of people that go to the armed services are either volunteers or they're people who don't feel like they have another real option in life. And those tend to come from poor, underfunded, lower class, undereducated areas. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's And look, nothing wrong with doing, you know, going no not at all in 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 like absolutely nothing wrong with that well and i have a lot of respect for the people that are willing to do that because i i I just know myself and like i yeah i I would not not be able not gonna do well for me no no having having so like the thought of just 
question like unquestioningly following orders that's never been me so i will never be able to do that and hey and, that and i've always had a like, problem with authority i'm not going to do well with that um yeah and for yeah. me like also all those but also for me like fresh out of high school when i was 18 i wet soaking wet weighed 100 pounds like <laughs> i'm not physically cut out right now i literally look like steve rogers pre-fucking super soldier serum <laughs> I remember, only taller i remember my buddy josh had, had signed up for i think it might have been the reserves pretty sure it was the reserves and his recruiter was like at lunch in our school lunchroom in the cafeteria and like i was walking by and the guy said something about me said something to me and I like turned around and I was like, yeah, I've seen Full Metal Jacket. I know what happens to the fat guy. I'm not going to fucking boot camp. <laughs> I'm not going to go be private pile. Right. They come in and find me on the shitter in the middle of the night. Seven, six, two millimeter. Full <laughs> metal jacket. God. Vincent D'Onofrio, oh. he's always been incredible. He really has. And again, like, you know, I fully respect and appreciate everybody who's in the armed services. My best friend, Chris, he, uh, you know, out of high school, he went to ROTC and he was in the military, you know, post-college for like eight, ten years or whatever, you know, uh, left the military as a captain and everything. And, you know, I like I, I, I saw I've seen him when he came back from one of his tours. We were having a party at my apartment and like he broke down. Like, we all got really drunk, and he broke down that night about shit that had happened when he was over there that time. The I think it was his second tour or whatever. I don't remember exactly. But, like, so I've, I've seen what that does to people and everything. So I have nothing but respect for everybody, every man, woman, whatever you want to identify yourself as who's in the armed service. Oh, absolutely. I, I just don't agree with the – I don't agree with the, the people in suits that are sending them over there to fight those fights. Yeah, those exactly. are the, those are the people I don't support and don't agree with, and and oftentimes I feel like our our you know the our our servicemen and women are the ones that are getting the raw end of that deal. Whether it be you know at the of beginning of at the beginning of the Iraq conflict when they were sent there with insufficient body armor, they they were given just canvas tents to sleep in in the desert I mean, and it long, took months to get them like, you know, all of that you know first desert storm fucking oh i mean you know of it's, course vietnam korea like it goes oh yeah it, it always back goes back i mean in in it's i don't know it, it's just gross the things that this company or this country finds no companies that, the right word. <laughs> yeah this is a, the it's just gross the things that they they allocate money to and then the things that they want to pinch pennies on it it doesn't really make much sense because it, I mean, it, it seems like if you, it seems like if you wanted to make America more successful then you need to you need to do things to drag to raise more people up from poverty you need to like invest in these communities the way that you're investing you know in these foreign countries that you just dumped you know thousands or millions of dollars in bombs on now you're spending all these money on on private contractors to go and rebuild all this shit and it's like come on you've got money for all this stuff how about you take a little bit away from that military budget not what's going to the troops but what's going to all this other shit you know and and i think that that's really part of the problem is that i think that money has so infected government in all levels that it's just really really going to be an uphill battle to try and clean any of it up and make any of it work well, because 
I mean, how how many times do you hear of a politician going into the office and they're just like a regular, you know, blue collar person? They make, you know, less than 100 grand a year, but then they've been in office for 20 years and all of a sudden they're a multimillionaire. Is is it insider trading? Is it yeah. is it taking payouts under the table? Yes. I mean, what, what the fuck is it? It's all of the above. It's funny because I, I, I think of politics, and this is everybody, not just America, but every, everybody who's at like a you know, first, second world table, right? It's poker. It's all this fucking bluffing and doubling down and all ins, especially in, in, in the case of global politics, nobody actually has a good hand. Like, everybody's betting on fucking dead man hands of, like, you know, ace-10 or whatever, right? Or eight uh, ace-8s. That's a dead man hand. But, like, it's all this just bolstering and fucking bravado and, you know, showmanship. And there's no real substance behind it all the time. And that's why it's not about making America actually, well, to borrow asshole 45's line, it's not actually about making America great. It's about making people think that America is great. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's much more the perception than the reality, isn't it? Yeah. It's always is. I mean, with, yeah, I mean, you know, we're old enough. We've been in the world enough. We all know it's nothing but perception. It's all this, you know, it's not what you know. It's who, you know, it's all that kind of stuff. It's all this bullshit. And it just, it is what it is. And it's fucking disgusting. And you say it's going to be, it's such an uphill battle to try because of the corruption with money into politics on a, you know, not just, like I said, not just us, but globally, it's such an uphill battle. The uphill is actually like in it's past 90 degrees. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just like, it's not like an 80 degree angle. It's 115 degree angle to where you actually, if you fall, you just free fall. And you're dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, that and also it's like, okay, Biden's been in office for, for how long? Has anything really revolutionary happened? No. Did, did, have, have the Democrats really buckled down? Did, did they get rid of the filibuster when they could to actually make anything happen? No. Oh, don't, no don't even no, get me started Nothing's going to happen. It, it's all going to be a bunch of bullshit. The midterms are going to come up. People are going to vote probably predictably, and you're going to see the yep. Republicans get a slight upper hand. Nothing's going to happen. Everything's going to be deadlocked. It's 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 just going to be all yep. dysfunction and bullshit, you know, more of the same. That's, is, and that's what I'm afraid good. of. That's how it goes. It's not about policy. It's not about changes. It's not about progression. It's about hand holding. It's about status quo. It's about yes. yeah. No, you're it's absolutely about, right. It's there. about the next cycle. Whether that's the next news cycle. Whether it's the next election cycle. Whether it's the next fundraising cycle. And now I got to make sure I got to uh, instead of worrying about my for a congressional level. Instead of worrying about my actual constituents, what I have to do is worry about the guy who owns the place that has 15% of the employment in my district because it's a big whatever it is, whether it's a factory or it's a, uh, a IT building or it's something commercial, whatever it is, right? And so it's about saddling up to that guy, making sure he's happy so he doesn't move his, you know, uh, his facility to you know, three states away and yeah. thus now your employment rates down by 15% and there's all these jobs that are gone, which is bad. But at the same time, it's not about actually the people who hold those jobs. It's about the guy who gives them the jobs. That's what it is. As you said, money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just feels like this, this company or I keep saying company and that's 
I wonder if that is some it's sort of Freudian correct, slip. Though. It's absolutely a Freudian <laughs> slip, and that's why I said, no, you used it right. <laughs> but uh, the, this country, I just feel like it, it has the resources to make things better, and it just willfully chooses sure. not to. It, and that's the, the, the most frustrating part to me. Yeah. Is that it's like, you know, behind closed doors, Democrats and Republicans can probably have conversations where it's like, you know, this law makes a lot of sense and it would really benefit my constituents. But because it's being promoted by, you know, either a a Democrat or Republican and and I'm the wrong and I'm the opposite of that, you know, I I can't support you because I can't be labeled as somebody that that helps out the other side because now I'm a moderate. The, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's this whole, yeah, like you're saying, it's a, you know, I agree with you on this and it would help my people. But because the other political side party, and again, here's a flaw with a two party fucking system, is yeah. it's binary one or zero. So if you're zeros, you got to hate all the ones. If you're ones, you got to hate all the zeros. And so, well, because of z- I'm a one and because of zero suggested it, but all of my ones would benefit from it. It is persona non grata because a zero suggested it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that that right there just makes the system feel like it's fundamentally broken. It absolutely is fundamentally broken. I mean, but the problem is, you know, I mean, there's there, the problem is this. So many people, most people, normal, rational people are having the same conversations you, you are right now all the fucking time with each other. But the problem is we aren't at the fucking table. None of us are at the table because we're not allowed at the table because we're actually trying to actually benefit people. And that's not how the system works. The system is made so that either if you're that way, you are either not allowed entry ever or for those that do manage to slip in that way into that kind of a person, they are quickly converted and indoctrinated into the political spectrum and way of thinking. And so – it's just a cycle that will not end, and we are all prisoners of it, for better or for worse. And so, you know, I hate, you know, I've tried in more recent years to be more optimistic, seeing the good and the hope in things, and try to repress my very, very nihilistic nature. But, you know, the last 18 months have really drawn it back out in me in full, and just go, you know what, I just... I don't care anymore. I just want to have some security with my job, pay my bills, be able to afford all the nonsensical collector's bullshit that I want, and just escape my fucking life with some dignity. That's all I care about anymore. (laughs) Yeah, amen to that. Not all the dignity, not even half, just some, a quarter dignity. (laughs) That's all I want. (laughs) (sighs) Uh, and how did we get into such serious talks? I, I don't know. It, it, it happens all the time on here. And then sometimes in the midst of it, I'm like, look what you've gone and done, Joe. <laughs> why, why did you start talking about that again? <laughs> Do you remember? I don't remember what movie this was a press thing for. But there was a thing that me and a couple of my friends used to love referencing back in the day of. Um, it was like a red carpet like interview with Tom Cruise, like doing a red carpet thing. And it was somebody from like. You know, not like not like a gag site or whatever, right? Not like a serious one. And so they had like a fake microphone that they asked him a question. The microphone had like a little like water gun in it, right? So it spritzed some water in his face, right? And Tom, Cun- <laughs> Tom Cruise 
grabs this dude's like Tom Cruise. It's this whole thing where he's like, "That was that was really rude. That was. Do, do you like doing mean things to people? You're a jerk. <laughs> I'm I'm here doing an interview, answering your questions. You did something nasty. You're a jerk. That was really inconsiderate. <laughs> and the dude literally like turns away from the camera, crying, going, "I'm sorry." <laughs> <laughs> like look it up, like Tom Cruise, you're a jerk, or something like that. Look it up on YouTube. It is fucking hilarious. <laughs> and I've managed to lighten the mood. <laughs> <laughs> We're pulling it back, baby. We're pulling it back. Speaking of, uh, by the way, a bit a little bit on a lighter tone. Uh, oh, hold on, um, just a sec here. <laughs> oh, you're looking up. Oh wait, that's okay. What's going on here? That is not it. <laughs> that, is <definitely laughs> that was that was that was that was gonna be a sick beat though. Right. What we got here? You're a jerk. Yeah. You're, you're a jerk. You're a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> there's a whole like two minute thing getting the whole thing behind it. It's actually quite hilarious. <laughs> Oh my gosh! There's like a lot of Tom Cruise ones on there. Do you remember yeah. the one where they're asking like, it, him about? It, it has a whole like you see like the microphone spritz the water in his face, and he's like <laughs> wiping his face off. He gets the towel and everything. It's like a whole thing. It's amazing. <laughs> Do you remember the one where he was talking about Scientology? And he was like, "You don't know the history of Scientology. I do." <laughs> Yeah, it was like a big like interview thing. It's like, dude, I saw that episode of South Park. I know about Scientology. Right. <laughs> I wanted to ask you something. Um, on further on lighter note, because I also, if I if I recall the format wise, we're we're getting close to winding down, right? Well, if you want to, I mean, we've been recording for like an hour. I mean, I can keep going. I mean, I don't know how long you want to keep the episodes. <laughs> I can keep going all fucking night, dude. I got, I got like a quarter of a bottle of bourbon still here, man. Oh, there you go. <laughs> no, we got I can time. Keep going. <laughs> right. All right. But I'm curious. I was. I wanted to ask because, um, because uh, you've been on my show a few times. Shameless plug moment here. <laughs> Leftover <laughs> Arby. Monsters, giant podcast, all out attack. Find it on SoundCloud and iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I'm still oh, haunted at, by the giant also claw. At the fireside light. Oh, you love that. But that movie's amazing. <laughs> it's one of the best. La Cacania. La, La Cacania. <laughs> You're right. Seems like Kanye really did mean his death. I, I did enjoy <laughs> I did enjoy that one better than the last dinosaur, I will say. I mean, they're both I in my opinion, as a connoisseur of the genre, they are both equally great for different reasons, but they hit differently, so it's a your mileage may vary. <laughs> <laughs> I love them both for so stupid reasons. I mean, there is nothing like, I mean, fucking Boone going, you ding-dong and Last Dinosaur is amazing, and watching the catapult rock hit the dinosaur head and cave <laughs> in the suit head is fantastic. It is pretty funny. <laughs> but Giant totally Claw unintentionally more, funny. Yeah, Giant Claw is a much more infamous movie, though. It is, like, well, well known. It's like a real, and I said on the show, a turkey. Uh-huh. <laughs> But because you haven't been on the show on the show for a bit, and I have you on uh, reserved for Godzilla 2000, 
But we recently, because we're like two weeks away from hitting our next batch, and last weekend, I believe it was, I put up the uh, sign-up sheet and everything. Uh, I don't see your name anywhere on here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've kind of been waiting like on the last ones. Well, on the last ones, you were just like, hey, do you want to be on the list? I'm like, yeah, just put me down on something that you think I'd be good for. (laughs) So I was just waiting for another text like that. We've got got three movies that have no guest on it and uh, (laughs) a number of other ones, probably like 10 that have only one guest on it. Uh, One of them is actually reserved, but uh, I want want to get you on one that doesn't have a guest. I know what I want to do. I know what I want to do. And it's going to be great because it's only it's going to be in like two weeks. It's the first episode on the next batch. I want you on an actual Godzilla movie. Okay, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if, so if gonna, you're not recording on like a Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. Yeah. I'll, yeah, get me on there. Yeah, absolutely. I got you down for Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla 2 from 1993. <laughs> nice. I have not seen it. Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> oh man. It's going to be it's a good it's going to be a good one. There's plenty it's not bad, but there's plenty for someone like me to make fun of. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, good. I got you. Good. A bit of business I may I wanted to make sure we took care of. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad we got that taken care of. <laughs> Absolutely. Knock that one out real quick. Hey, look, I, you know, whenever you go on someone else's show, you got to do a little bit of business as well. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, with your show, it's your goal to eventually cover like every single kaiju movie, right? everything is a bit of a i mean that's a bit of a hard word to use necessarily pretty much everything most everything nigh complete i would say oh <laughs> uh, because i mean there's stuff that we're gonna you know like we're not going to cover every season and series of ultraman we're not going to cover every series uh, season of power rangers or Super Sentai or Common Rider. There's stuff that will be left off the table. But in terms of, like, movies, yeah, we're pretty much going to hit everything. You know, like, and, you know, there's stuff that's not just movie-related. Like, uh, on this next batch, we're going to cover the Hanna-Barbera Godzilla cartoon. Oh, I didn't even remember that. Oh, you, you don't know about Godzilla and Godzuki? No, I don't think so. It, that does not ring a bell for oh me. Oh my god! Yeah, it was it was from the seven late seventies. I want to say like seventy seven, seventy eight. Lasted two seasons, I believe. Huh? Yeah, I must have never caught reruns of that when I was a kid. Yeah, no, I caught. I learned about them um, <laughs> uh, spending weekends at my dad's uh, shortly after my parents' divorce on Cartoon Network on like Saturday morning at six thirty <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> So where did your love of kaiju start? So it started, oddly enough, because of my dad. It's his fault. And I always let him, I always remind him of that fact. Um, You know, I mean, obviously as a kid, I was into dinosaurs. Because what kid growing up in the mid to late 80s? Yeah, totally. You know, or even hopefully today. I don't know if that's true anymore today because of internet and everything. But I hope so. I hope children, young boys still love dinosaurs. And girls. Whoever, children should love dinosaurs because they're cool. But I was already into dinosaurs when I was about five, maybe six years old. I think it was five. My dad, he would every periodically, a couple times a year, uh, have to, for his job, go on like a weekend or maybe even a week-long like overseas business trip. Usually to like London or Singapore a lot of times. A couple other places, but I don't remember where. 
So this would have been about 1989, 1990. So five, five and a half years old. He comes back from a trip from London. Uh, and he brings back with him, and I still actually have the actual literal same toy about three feet out of my reach right now. Uh, and it's what's called the six-inch Imperial Godzilla toy. Imperial was a specific brand. Uh, they also did, like, King Kong uh, toys as well. There was a six-inch and, like, 18-inch for both, actually. Um, and it was a tie-in to the eighty mid-'80s reboot of the Godzilla franchise. But he brought that back because he was like, hey, it's dinosaur-esque, and he's aware of what Godzilla is. He's, I don't think he's ever watched a Godzilla movie, but, you know, cultural osmosis, as we said earlier, right? My brother got my older brother got something sports related because they bonded over sports, and he brought back this Godzilla toy for me. Hey, uh, um, tag. I I hate to bug you here for a sec. There's apparently some weird dude knocking on the door. So <laughs> let me put a pin in this for just a sec, and yeah, we'll no, jump right back ahead, into yeah, it. No, go go ahead and make sure you're not about to be murdered. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but leave the mic on in case you are going to be murdered. Cause, you know, good, <laughs> it's good content. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to just hit pause on this. I'm so sorry to interrupt you right there, dude. No, no, no. Go ahead, man. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, we're back now. I, sorry about that. Didn't mean to interrupt, dude. Um, hopefully no more interruptions coming from <laughs> crazy people pounding on my door. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Based on what you told me off air, I'm kind of hoping there is another interruption. <laughs> God, I, I want a continuation of the story, man. God, I hope not. It's Anyway, I, I feel terrible that I interrupted you there. Um, no, I mean, I've, I've told this on multiple podcasts, including my own, <laughs> on multiple occasions. So I don't think anybody <laughs> listening specifically because of me is hearing anything new here um <laughs> aside from you apparently um but so he brought back this toy because it was dinosaur ass and everything and it even had you know it has the tag on of like godzilla king of the monsters on i'm like oh that's cool because like you know he's like a t-rex but he's got longer arms he's got spikes kind of like a stegosaurus on his back i'm like oh that's really cool and everything and you know becomes like the the you know, the the big grand poobah and all my dinosaur play, uh, you know, sessions and everything, right? Because he's cool as hell. And he's got a name, right? And so, you know, may, uh, probably a month or so later, a couple months probably, I don't know, you know, memory, who the fuck knows at this point, right? And he's like, hey, so you like Godzilla tour? I'm like, yeah, Godzilla's the coolest. He's like, do you know there's movies about him? My mind exploded. <laughs> so... You know, one of the local superstations was going to be showing, ironically, the movie that it was tied to, The Return of Godzilla. That's what it's called in Japan. Internationally, it's known as Godzilla 1985 on, like, a Saturday afternoon or whatever, right? So, like, we plan it out, you know, set it up, and, you know, we're also going to record it off the TV onto, the, onto a VHS tape because my dad loves me. And so I sit down and watch this movie and it fucking, you know, you don't see Godzilla at all for like the first 40 minutes of the movie or whatever. Oh, but like, wow. I didn't fucking care because like you hear within the first like three minutes, you hear a, his roar, even though it's like during like a volcanic eruption. But like, that's not a volcano. That's that's got to be Godzilla. So I'm like in suspense for the next half hour, just sitting here waiting and, like, in the movie, the reveal of him is, like, it's at a nuclear power plant. And a security guard, it's, like, as dusk is hitting and there's a fog, right? And, like, security guard's just making his rounds. And all of a sudden, as he's stepping around, like, by a doorway, like, the sidewalk in front of him just splits. And he's just, like, what the? And falls over. And then he, like, there's this slow pan from his POV. And you see, like, from the feet, 
and you pan up to the knees and the calves, up to the belly and the chest. You see the arms, the neck and the head and the roar. And it's it still to me is like, oh, it's perfection. It's dramatic perfection for a great reveal for a Godzilla. And like it enraptured me. And so over 30 years now later, here the fuck I am with my worthless knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude, it's turned into a thing. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's been a capital T thing ever since that day, man. Like I would, there was a place that used to exist here in Chicago called House of Monsters. It was like off of the blue line on Milwaukee. And I want to say like Elson or something like that. Uh, It's been long since gone. But it was like just, you know, like a little what would be an apartment uh, on like a second floor. That was just this place where like, you know, they had toys and tons of vhs tapes almost all of them bootlegged right and all this other different stuff and i would go there like at least uh, two or three times a year when i was like in my teenage years and buy up some stuff you know just to further expand my library and everything and like when i had up to the point uh, this would have been like when i was 13 or 14 so this has been like seventh or eighth grade fuck when was that that would have been like 1990 it was yeah it was like 1998 it was just after the um, first american godzilla the matthew broderick movie came out and i'd finally collected on vhs all the up to that point existing godzilla movies all of them the whole damn thing kit and caboodle lock stock barrel and i were coming up on spring break i spent the first two days just watching all of them in chronological order. Wow. <laughs> and I'd seen them all multiple times. Like the last one I got was actually the second movie in the franchise from 1955. But like, there's a whole story there of like when I was seven or eight years old, I saw it in like a Suncoast video and I wanted, I wanted my mom and dad to buy it for me. They're like, no, not today. You'll see it again. We ended up having to buy it on eBay you know, seven years later. <laughs> wow, Suncoast <laughs> video, dude. That brings back memories. Oh, man, Suncoast was one of my favorite places, man. Like, because it had a good sci-fi stuff, so I could get, like, I could sometimes pick up a Godzilla movie in circulation that I hadn't already collected. It had anime. It had a lot of sci-fi, other stuff as well. It had, you know, when I was slightly older, you know, it had the nc-17 anime stuff (laughs) (laughs) but you know like i love suncoast man mall culture that's the thing that don't exist anymore really i guess it still does but it's like it's not the same thing man it has been years and years and years since i've stepped into a mall right i tried to hold on to that until like my (laughs) mid-20s of like going to malls and it was usually like whatever was left of like a Suncoast or Sam Goody, whatever was left of that kind of a thing. And then go to like the hot topic and then the food court and the uh, GameStop. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. I wish I had pictures of it. I used to have like the whole like goth hot topic ensemble outfit going i had like the fucking fit like the fishnet gloves with belt buckles on them oh i had the like knee-high boots that had like 18 belt buckles on them i had the fucking like 
Uh, did you ever read like from uh, the comics from Jonan Vasquez, the creator of Invader Zim, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac? No. Okay, that's it's a short uh, uh, thing of comics, like six issues. It's actually really cool. It's really fun and everything. It's very dark and you know, angsty and whatnot, but it's kind of really fun. Um, so I like had his whole fucking getup of like the long black trench coat with buckles on it. I went, I was like all in on like, you know, suburban goth outfit. <laughs> <laughs> There was a period of time, man, and it was, whew, it was ugly. <laughs> you looked like you stepped out of a Nine Inch Nails video or something. Oh, I, w- I wanted to be, I wanted to be Neo from the Matrix so bad. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, I had friends that would, you know, wear all the Hot Topic stuff, but like I never, like the closest I got to that was just wearing like Jinko jeans would be like the closest I got to that. Oh man, Jinko jeans, yeah, man, eighty dollars for a pair of jeans. I wonder why it's eighty dollars because it's three jeans worth. Yeah, I definitely didn't have the eighty dollar ones. <laughs> the much cheaper Jinkos, the knockoff Jinkos that actually have the eye in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably didn't have too many pairs that were like actual Jinkos. Yeah, I mean, what teenager can afford that back in the day, you know? Yeah. Oh, man, I do not miss those fashion choices. It's funny, I actually had that, I didn't have the boots or the gloves anymore, but I had that trench coat, because I would bust it out every once in a while for, like, Halloween. It was, like, my go-to, because I'm not a, I'm not a dress-up-in-costume-for-Halloween kind of person. <laughs> but, like, you know, mid-20s, Everybody, you know, Halloween party, big old fucking bash. Everybody's dressing up. So it's like, you don't want to just dress normally. So I would bust that out and just wear all black underneath it and everything. And just, you know, whatever it, right? Just wing it. It's like, oh, I'm Neo from the Matrix or I'm fucking goth kid or whatever, right? <laughs> but like, I held, I'll tell you how long I held on to this thing. I moved into this place, my uh, townhouse that I'm in now. Oh, uh, it's in February on Valentine's Day. It will be it will be three years. I, I close on Valentine's Day. Fun little fact. Nice. Um, So it was Valentine's Day 2019 is when I closed on this place. I threw it out when I moved in here. <laughs> I still had it. I don't know why, because I had it was just tucked away in the back of the closet for years. Oh, jeez. I, I it, had one. It survived like, like nine moves. It survived nine different <laughs> oh my moves. Gosh. I, I had one when I was a freshman in high school. I had a, a black trench coat. And I remember it was a friend of mine. He had one. And I think he got a different one. And then uh, I think I traded a magic card to him for it. Like Better a, not have been a black lotus. No, it wasn't. I think it was a Vesuvian clone or a Vesuvian doppelganger, like a revised <laughs> one. I think. Oh, was that what? What edition was that in? God. I think it was revised. Ah, okay. This would have been back, back in like the early, you know, early closing in on mid nineties. I got into like magic again and like Yu Gi Oh in like the two thousand four through two thousand five time. This was when like infinite mirror decks and uh like arcane ravager was a big thing and like skull clamp was still legal (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I played it for a little while, and then um, when I got into high school, I I met some older kids that were also into it, and a couple of them came over to my house, and like one of them was distracting me while the other was stealing cards from me, and I caught them. Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah, and so it kind of it kind of ruined it for me for a little bit after that. I was like, well, fuck it, I don't even want to fucking play this anymore. I mean, yeah, that'll definitely ruin it for us. It was um, it was just during the first time I was at the community college that I was talking about twice earlier. Um, they still had a there was a game room that had a couple arcade games, including a Soul Calibur two uh, nice machine, which was great because we like had competitions constantly for the conquest mode <laughs> and like trading up our AIs and everything. Um, but so we would play a lot of like gaming in there, card games and everything, but also like it was next to the cafeteria and in between it, the dining room was also a smoking lounge. Oh, wow. Yeah. A college campus in like 2005, 2004 that still had smoking areas inside. <laughs> it was next to the cafeteria. It was between the cafeteria and the game room. You wonder why I didn't go to class and end up meeting a dude that I ended up doing a doomed Florida trip with. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're like me and another dude, Gary, we would just fucking smoke cigars in there and play Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still enjoy playing every once in a while. And my wife and I'll play occasionally. And, and sometimes I'll, I'll take trips into it's been a while now because of COVID and stuff. But for a little while there, I was taking trips to, uh, to Peoria every once in a while to play with Jake. Yeah, uh, uh, C2E2 2019, uh, I think it was it was either Saturday morning or Sunday morning. I think it was Saturday morning. Uh, they were they had they usually do that where they do like the blind draw deck or uh, the blind deck draws or whatever, where you're opening the booster packs and create a deck from it of whatever the current meta is. Right. Yeah. Uh, so he got me. He, he was going to go in on that. And I was like, fuck it. I might as well. I haven't played in a while and I have nothing to fucking gain or lose from it. So why the fuck not? Right. I mean, you know, I did. I lost in the first round, but I'm like, oh, it was fun. It was still fun, you know. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a I, fun I game. Tried to for, I tried to force a red deck because <laughs> I definitely didn't have a red deck, but I forced one. Can't yeah. imagine why I lost. And that being like a red black that didn't have anything viable from either. <laughs> yeah, Jake's really good at drafting and stuff. He's. I, yeah. I usually get crushed by him and and Michelle and 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 Kurt. <laughs> I, I, I would I usually almost, come out of our little our little four person tourneys dead last usually, but it was fun, you know. It was, yeah, who the fuck cares? There's nothing on the line, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just pride, and who gives a shit about that? Yeah, well, that and the first time I ever drafted was with them, and so it was like they're explaining the concept as we're going. I'm like, oh, but playing with the smaller deck is a lot of fun. It's always a thing. I know Jake's not the person to do this, but I have experienced it with people before where they're not doing it to me because I knew enough, but I have seen people who are like trying to get someone else into it and they're explaining it in a way that they're correct, but they're also stacking the deck in their favor of like making this person make a bad deck. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's just, that's oh, just yeah. unsportsmanlike, you know, like, you really you got it. You got to fucking try to power a game that hard. Like, come on now, that's fucking stupid. Again, Jake is not the person, the kind of person who would do that. I assume, haven't met Michelle, but I assume she isn't either. Either because I would assume Jake wouldn't be with someone who would be like that. But oh no, no, the, yeah. no. It was it was always so much fun going and playing. It was yeah, yeah, and you know it was. 
I mean, man, I went and did it a bunch of times. So I mean, if it wasn't, I wouldn't have gone back. It's fun. It's, <laughs> it's, as long as you don't have any investment in it, it's a real fun thing to do. Cause it's very, you can be super competitive about it. And like, uh, as a person who's gone to like multiple Friday night magics, which is usually a thing across the country, like Friday night, like local magic tournaments or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's kind of like, you know, how like the FGC, the fighting game community will have like smat, you know, preliminaries for upcoming big smash brothers or uh, mortal Kombat or street fighter tournaments in like your local GameStop or this or that or whatever. Right. It's like, I've been to a lot of those on a multiple different spectrums and they are fun. I just never care enough to like try hard. So like, I'm not a professional in this. I don't, I, I know what I'm doing, but like, I don't care. <laughs> you know, it's fun. Yeah. It's I've, fun. I've never gone to an event like that. Yeah. Well, it, it kind of stems from, for me, cause I, back in the day of like middle school to early high school was really into Warhammer 40 K, the tabletop game. Hmm, okay. Do you know what that is? No, totally. I'm okay. familiar with it. Okay. So it's a, uh, Think about risk, but you're actually like making the fight. Like you're actually fighting the fight. You know, like in risk, it's all about like strategy, as W would say, and placing your pieces and building up armies and then invading areas, right? Well, imagine if then you went into the micro of that battle itself. Hmm. And so, like, you have. It's this whole thing, like, I have my whole army literally in the case next to me here. Nice. <laughs> and it's, like, over 60 pieces of them. Oh, <laughs> like wow. Pieces. So, like, you have, like, your tactical squad of, like, 10 troops. At least the faction I play, anyway. You have, like, your tactical squad of 10 troops, and I have, like, three, or, uh, I have, like, four or five of those. And then you have, like, your tanks and your long-range artillery and your command unit that has a lot of specialized troops and your jump troops that have like uh jet packs that can deep strike into enemy territory and disrupt the back line and everything and all that kind of stuff so it's all very much it's kind it's like it's even nerdier than D D is <laughs> that's, because, fun, like, that's like the nerd thing that things get stats. measured against that's funny <laughs> it's literally it has individual stats of like your troops can move six inches like it's literally like it's broken down to like your movement phase so you can move your troops however you want to if your troops have heavy weapons in them you don't want to move them because they can't move and fire in the same turn so you want to like early on get them into a good spot and then just have them rain down with your heavy weapons like your plasma cannons your missile launchers and your super lasers and yada yada and then you move in your tactical troops they move six inches and then you have your shooting phase where you individually pick target you're like this group is going to fire at that group and you ah. roll dice off a whole table of things of like, all right. So because uh, my ballistic skill is a four and your armor class is a three, I need three or better on a D six for each of these shots to hit. And then however many hit now it's say, all right, the weapon toughness is four and your unit strength is three. So I need a three plus two on a D six to wound. And then you roll all of those. And then I have dealt eight wounds to your troop so and it has an ac of this so now you don't even get armor saved to roll so those troops just die it's insanely nerdy and then you have a close combat phase it's insane it's stupid and it's a lot it used to be back when i was playing a lot of money because the back of the day it was all all the pieces were imported from the uh factory in england nowadays they have factories set up all over the place and 
there's a lot less pewter pieces involved and it's almost all plastic now but it used to be like normal stuff would be plastic and you get a 10-man squad for like 30 bucks but you have to assemble them glue them and paint them oh wow but then like specialized units and individual specific pieces would be pewter and they'd be like six bucks a pop when those ones already be pre-painted and everything no okay because that is that part of the fun that you paint your own miniatures it is. There are people who are in the hobby, not even to play, just to paint and assemble pieces and make custom pieces. There's there's people who make livings off of just like, you know, I, you know, go on Craigslist. Like, hey, I'm not actually Craigslist or whatever. Like, go on like a 40K forum, right? Like, hey, I want a uh, librarian with a force axe and a jump pack with a... Bolt pistol melta uh, combination gun that has artificer armor. None of this is going to make any sense to you, but don't worry. Somebody out there is going to get this. <laughs> Somebody's really stoked. Right. But I'm like, all right, that's all a lot of custom work involved. So like you can, you can either do that yourself if you are confident with your skills. I was. Or you can find someone who will do that for you for a price. Uh, of course. Okay, well, yeah, that makes sense then. Um, the the local gaming store that I was going to to buy magic cards for a little while, there would always be people hanging around this table in the middle just sitting there painting miniatures. Yep, that's that's your Warhammer, whether it's 40K or Fantasy. That's your Warhammer, people. We had our comic book store when we were growing up. That's how I got into it. It's our local comic book store at the long-gone fiction house. Rest in peace. Um, it's also... Where we, me and three of us, uh, collected together the uh, VHSs for Neon Genesis Evangelion. <laughs> um, but I got into 40K from there because, like, they had multiple tables, uh, a couple, ta- two tables in the in the main store area, and then a few more in the back. And we would have like multiple year-round campaigns of like different phases and everything, and then like. In the summer, there'd be like a blitz campaign of just like just fucking fight it out. And whoever's just left standing at the end wins. The same guy would win every goddamn year because he had an invincible orc army. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Oh, dude, speaking of orcs, did you see that little blurb about Elijah Wood saying in an interview that they had made up one of the orcs in the two towers to look like Harvey Weinstein? No, I have not heard that, but I'm not surprised. I mean, with with the knowledge now, even aside, like, I mean, you draw like people in makeup departments will draw inspiration from fucking anywhere. Apparently, when when Peter Jackson was shopping it around, he took it to Miramax and they wanted to do it just as two movies. Yeah, well, he was initially filming or. He was initially shopping around as two movies. Miramax wanted to do it as one movie. Okay, okay. As soon as I said two, I was like, or was it one? Yeah, yeah doing that uh, as one movie is fucking dude, insane. I, because I, I used to every year on around Christmas tri- time, sometimes on Christmas Day, watch the whole trilogy extended edition <laughs> in one day. But I, for years, would fall asleep watching all the like extended edition behind the scenes extra feature stuff so i'm pretty well versed in that that trilogy nice. and all the behind the scenes shit it's quite insane there's a lot of cool stuff in there but like makeup people will draw inspiration from anywhere i mean like i don't know if you know this 
but in uh, episode 10 of season one of Game of Thrones, when Joffrey is showing Sansa Stark her Ned Stark's head on the pike, there's a shot where if you're looking closely at the line of pikes on there, you can see George W. Bush's head. Yeah, I'd heard something about that, that they snuck in some other heads on that. Yeah, that, that, that kind of stuff happens all the fucking time in, like, practical effects stuff for, like, big budget stuff like that. <laughs> like, you gotta, awesome. you gotta draw inspiration from somewhere, and so sometimes it's like, eh, make it off like this person, you know, some dude you know. Of like, ah, oh, that was actually my sister that we decapitated in that one scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes it kind of dark. Says, yeah, it says random dude in the makeup department, because, like, you just draw inspiration or molds from wherever, right? Sometimes, yeah. like, Influence comes from the weirdest places. Oh, that's really funny. What was we talking about again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I've, the way the show works, dude. I'll it's like, you, it's like, love, how did we get here? I don't know. I love being on this show. I think this is my third time on here. I want to say, but I, I love being on your show, man. Cause it's just this stream of consciousness conversation. You know, <laughs> every time I've asked like, Hey, is there anything in specific to talk about? You're just like, nah, just whatever. I'm like, okay. Yeah, pretty much. Because it's like if I were to try and plan something out, it's like the best that goes or the best that has ever gone in the past is when I just cover like, okay, let's cover like this volume one trade of this comic book or, or something like that. Like then those sure. generally can go pretty good and, and stick to that. And, you know, th- those ones will go in the weeds a little bit. But I mean, at this point, too, it's been a long time since I've done a comic talk episode. Um, but yeah, yeah the, I mean, these it, ones are just It easier. is the problem of like having a free format versus like we are covering this. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't envy. I do not envy you having this free flow format because I, I enjoy, at least on my show, structure. <laughs> we are talking about <laughs> this movie. We're talking about this show. We are talking about this. So it just helps me rein in. Because, like, here on your show, I don't give a fuck. I can just talk about whatever the hell we're going to talk about. Yeah, it's very much. free. I love being on other people's shows because I'll just fucking – I don't have to worry about what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't have to worry about editing. I don't have to worry about me tripping over lines and trying to think out what I'm going to say beforehand to make sure – it makes my post editing process easier on myself. <laughs> I don't give a shit. And especially cause like most everybody else doesn't edit their show anywhere near as much as I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, when, when I first started, man, I, I would edit out all sorts of stuff. I I'd go in like, if I felt like I said, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, too many times in an episode, I'd go through and mute those. Like it just like, all all sorts of crazy shit. I'd be like, I'd want to make it as as clean and perfect to audio as I can. And then after a while, I was like, nah, let's just kind of clean up. Make sure the beginning starts where it does and ends where it does. Make sure the audio levels are good. Make sure you've run a noise reduction. Synced, and then we're fine. Yeah, but then other than that, it's like, nah, I'm not. I'm not going to go through and spend nine hours, you know, editing a three hour episode. Like those, those were. I burned out quick on that. I I went the other way with it initially when we started our show. I would I would literally we would record on a Thursday night, get done at like ten ten thirty. I would then immediately go into Adobe Audition. And just like throw on the intro and then upload it. I would upload it that same night that we finished recording it. 
But as we went along, I spent a lot more time. We are nine episodes behind right now, by the way, from recording to release. So a little <laughs> bit of uh, pulling back, uh, pulling the veil back. Like it, what, like six months ago, it was five or six. That's pretty impressive that you got that many in the can. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I, I, I wanted to keep it at like five or six. A little bit of a buffer zone because you know sometimes shit happens and we got to push back a week or we got to rotate something around especially lately because like eric's been going through moving and everything right so like he's he we're just now in release getting through the first half of the batch of like him moving and him gone for a couple episodes we are just now in actual recording time starting sunday morning finishing the back end of that (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> it's been a process for him for anybody who's been keeping track of his life and everything it's been a process it's been a few months going on here off and on um uh, but we're finally on the through the woods on that one it's done after last weekend thank god but you know i i it's, it's good to have a hopper in the case of like because we record weekly and try to on my end release weekly it's really more like five to ten days so Sometimes there will be an overlap, and apparently the 10 days happened enough time where now we went from 5 or 6 to 10. So that happens, but like I go through like an hour and a half episode final product has 15 to 20 minutes cut out of it on average and took me twice the amount of time of the raw footage to edit. So an hour and a half time would pro- uh, at final episode started at an uh, hour and 50 minutes and took me about four hours to edit. Because I go through the whole fucking thing, and I do that. I edit out the breaths as much as I can, or at least shorten them. Uh, I will take out all the as many ums and you knows and so forth, and mm-hmm's, you know, removing uh, the time lag from one person and saying something and finishing to another person responding and so forth. I go through all that because I'm... Apparently, I like to hurt myself. <laughs> yeah, see, and that's what I was doing, and then I realized that, hey, you can just stop showing up for the beating here. <laughs> Less is more. <laughs> I mean, and I, and I, and in free, and the thing is, your format kind of helps for that more. Because it absolutely it's more of a does. Free form, whereas having a bit more structure, and keep in mind also, like the early days of my show, we would actually go through the. We, I tried to keep us going through the movie like scene to scene chronologically through the movie. And like, I gave that up a while ago. Cause I was like, all right, stifling conversation. We, I need to let yeah. that be a bit more free form, but you know, we kind of, I try to at least have it into semi segments of like, we're talking about the characters. We're talking about the plot. We're talking about the effects work, you know, so forth. Um, but like, I don't know. I just, because the show is a bit more structured, I feel a need that there needs to be a bit more, structure with the post editing and everything i it's it's just how i feel it's how i want to present the material and so therefore i hurt myself every week (laughs) yeah i mean there's definitely more that i could do with this but yeah uh, fuck it yeah well that and i i feel like it's a real like no one's looking who cares fuck (laughs) that's the thing like on my end i'm like i know that like i don't need to be because the listeners, the you know, however many couple dozen, I don't know how many listeners we have. Like, I only have the SoundCloud metrics. I don't have the iTunes metrics. So I, you know, 
our shows average somewhere anywhere between like 60 and 90 uh, downloads, I guess, per episode, at least on SoundCloud. I have no idea what the iTunes numbers are. For all I know, they could be like 10 times that, and I would have no fucking clue. <laughs> but I assume they're like less than twice it. <laughs> so I assume it's like maybe the SoundCloud numbers plus 10. So, like, you know, no one's really listening. No one's looking. No one's caring. It's not like this is going to be a thing. It's funny. My dad, a couple weeks ago, I, I was having dinner at his place. It was the first time I'd seen him in, like, eight months, right, because of everything. And, of course, he had a whole thing. He wanted to talk to me about, like, hey, have you ever thought about, like, you know, expanding what you're doing at the podcast? Monetizing from my dad, that's not how it works. <laughs> yeah. Like, <I'm, laughs> like look. I, I, there are other podcasts that cover the same material we do that have monetized and are doing and do well. But this is not that. I am not that. We are not that. This is not going to happen. Dude, I remember no, one of my friends gave me a fucking, I think it was an hour plus long ear beating where it was just like, dude, read the body language. Like, right? I like, don't, I've, I've given you my answer. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, I have I see no reason to start a Patreon for Starcast. I'm not even releasing regular episodes on a weekly basis. And you think that people are gonna pay me a monthly subscription? That's <laughs> like you're out of your right. fucking mind, dude. It's like monetize, what about sponsors? I'm like Who yeah. Who Who I mean like yes. Yeah, I can maybe get like Casper mattress like every other fucking show does, right? Or whatever. But, like, I don't – it's not about that. I do this because I like doing it. And, yeah, I hurt myself by forcing myself to edit the stuff more than I need to. But I, there's a certain level of self-pride. But this is not a professional pride. This is a <laughs> – I'm, I'm the fucking nerd of this genre and it's my show. Therefore, I have that level of pride. But that's still minimal pride. Yeah. Yeah. And it isn't like I'd ever willfully put something out like, oh, this sounds like garbage. <laughs> right. It's like I, I've, like for, I've for got nice equipment episode, and stuff for a for reason. our 100th episode, I did some extra stuff. Like we were broken down into segments because we had like a bit more structure of like we were doing our top and bottom tens of what we've covered so far on the show. And then we were uh, then I had like something else. And then we had like a quiz that I came up with for everybody. <laughs> Eric won. He thought he was going to do the worst. I knew he was going to win. He got a prize, a like $130 prize. Oh, wow. Nice. I, I sent him a bust of uh, Gypsy Danger from Pacific Rim, the lead mech. Oh, shit. That's awesome. See, that's the problem. I, I do most of my podcast listening while I'm doing some sort of work. And so it's like, depending on what sort of work I'm doing at a moment, I, I'm like hearing the podcast in my ear, but I'm retaining none of it. You know what I and mean? And that's, look, and that's how I, ha I don't really listen to podcasts anymore just because like uh, my mind with work has become, I used to constantly work, listen to podcasts while I was working, but my mind's become a bit more scattered. I'm trying to rein it back in to listen to podcasts again. It's, it's, a, it's a process, but like, that's how I used to do it too. So, like, yeah, I understand that very much of, like, it's mostly background noise, but it's, like, background – it's a familiar background noise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, like, you know, and, like, for that episode, for the 100th episode, I, I did a lot more with it. Like, I – on the – as we were changing uh, sections and uh, uh, parts of the show on that particular episode – 
I put in musical interludes that would phase in and then phase out. And like, you know, like I, I did a lot more with it. And like, I really, I'm proud of what I did for that. But I also, when I posed it, I went, never again. <laughs> never again that much. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I bet you're hating yourself in, in the middle of that. I was enjoying it, but I also was still being like, I'm never going to do that again. Dude, that, that's how I felt when I was uh, doing the audio editing for I Become Death. Because there's our... Oh, like, I, bet. I mean, those files literally have to sound professional. And and if they don't, they get rejected by the the service that puts them on Audible and stuff. Did you buy a new mic specifically for that? No, I okay. it kind of lucked out that when I first got my podcast stuff, the mics I got were like good studio quality mics. And, and they've nice. held up really well since then. I've um, been looking periodically. Even earlier today, I was looking at like, you know, a really good quality like Shuri mic. That's like normally five hundred dollars is only four hundred dollars, and I'm looking at my little like have that pulled up on my Amazon, and then logged into my bank account. I'm like, I could afford it, but should I? No, I don't think you need a five hundred dollar mic, dude. I, this one right no, here is less than a hundred. I kind of want one because like all this, all my equipment is all uh, hand me down from my first podcast venture, uh, the something something nostalgia podcast. Go ahead and find it. There's like maybe ten episodes. I remember you plugging that one back in the day. Right. Something, something nostalgia. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, we had a couple. Of, we had a few of those. Eh, probably more like 15 or so. I think <laughs> that, I'm trying to remember, like, we, we, I don't know if they were all released, but we recorded episodes doing each season of the Batman animated series. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was, like, at the tail end of, like, we were trying to, like, get a bit more content out of, like, individual topics. Because, like, we did one episode that was, like, a little over an hour long of, like, the entire Showa era of Godzilla movies. Where we all watched, like, all 15 of them. <laughs> we got, like, an hour's <laughs> worth out of it. And meanwhile, then, next venture I do is, like, no, no. Each movie and show has an episode for it. Yeah. <laughs> Learned lessons before. Let's stretch this out. Well, it bit. was fun to do that and everything, but I was just like, you know, it, it there was stuff. We had an interesting episode where we did like our top 10 animated uh, series. And like half of the episode was us debating about because all of our number ones and twos were in whichever order were Batman the Animated Series and Avatar the Last Airbender. Out of the three of us, two of us had Avatar as number one and Batman as number two, and the other one had it vice versa. And I hold firm on that stance, by the way. I've never watched any Avatar. I've heard it's really, really good, though. It's the best animated series of all time. Animation, America, Japan, anime, it's the best. It is the best. Nice. Yeah, I so far I've yet to find an anime that clicks with me. Like I I just the the style just doesn't Series really suit or me. have you tried like individual like standalone movies? I I'm I'm talking like the the similarities between them how it's like there's it's like the it's, it's a like cultural the, the and style, stylistic difference. Stylistic was the word that I was looking for. The like a visual aesthetic. I don't know. It's just like there's always some character that 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 talks like really fast and really high pitched and and is seemingly just annoys the shit out of me. And then everybody's always yelling. 
it's I, I don't know. I just find it a lot of times I'm watching it and I'm like, fuck, I would like this a lot better if they would just present it differently. And I'm like, well, this is what it is. And it's like, all right. I, I just I've yet to find one that has really clicked for me. Um, Brian was telling um, me that Demon Knight was really, really good. Or, uh, Demon, Demon Slayer. Demon, Demon Slayer. Slayer. Demon Slayer is good, but it's a longer series. So like there's a commitment involved. Like I used to be really big into anime. I've dropped off significantly to where I almost watch none of it these days. And that's just because like time commitment. You know what I mean? Like there's only so many hours in the day in between work, prepping for my show, which is watching whatever watching, plus notes and research, editing whatever previous episode from three months ago. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> and then just also having some decompression time, plus a lot of drinking in between everything or during everything involved except for work. Um, so I just don't have a lot of time for, like, longer format series. I'll throw my hat in with some stuff. I'm sure you've heard probably some of, if not all of these names before. Uh, but I would suggest, uh, like, for example, as a standalone movie, Akira. Oh, I've, uh, I own Akira. Yeah, that shit's okay. awesome. So there you go. So that that's something. That's something. That is at least a gateway and everything. Uh, go, you know, I will shameless plug somebody else's, uh, my co-host podcast, uh, Real Zodiac. Me, Quentin, and Amanda talked about Akira a couple weeks ago. So there's a shameless plug there. Uh, for a series, I always recommend uh, Cowboy Bebop. Oh, yeah, and that's got, like, a, a live-action thing coming out soon, too, doesn't it? Yeah, the Netflix series is coming out, and I'll say this. You know, I've, I'm have i always, like, not on board for, like, a live-action of any kind, whether Western or Eastern adaptation of an anime. It's just, it's very hard to do, especially if, you're, if it's Hollywood doing it or America, a Western uh, company doing it. But last week they released the uh, intro. The intro is it's the same song and it's very, very loyal to the anime intro. And I watched it and went, you know what? This might actually fucking work. I can't believe I'm saying it, especially <laughs> after the fuck, especially after the Ghost in the Shell fucking fiasco with Scarlett Johansson and that whole thing. Because Ghost in the Shell is a very famous anime as well. It was a I remember movie, when that came out. I saw that. Yeah, it was a movie, then a series. It's more based on the the movie, was more based off the original anime movie, OVA, uh, than the series. But still, that was a whole fiasco. And after that, I was like, see, that's why you don't do it. That's why the Cowboy Bebop thing will never fucking happen. Here we are. <laughs> uh, but But the trailer... For the love, for the Netflix live action series, I went. You know what? I am cautiously optimistic for the first time ever. But I would recommend going and watching the anime. Watch the dub. Watch the actual English dub of it. It was the big breakout for ubiquitous voice actor uh, Steve Bloom as the lead character Spike Spiegel, um, and the dub is very good. It's oh nice. Dubs are usually terrible. It's well, it was back in the day where like it dubs were better. Like nowadays, I, I hate dubs nowadays because it's all like the same group of people. So like and there's nothing it's not against them, but it's a, like the way anime has now been a global marketable uh 
commodity and it's become so globally ubiquitous. Like I got into anime right before it blew up in the West and as it was with like the original run of Toonami on Cartoon Network. So like that day or the, in that age was like the heyday of dubbing because like it, we were still figuring it out and we were still like there was room for interpretation and people were allowed to like try. Nowadays, they try much harder to get voice actors for the dubs that will do much more affectation of the original Japanese voice actor. So there's a bit more of a desire to make it closer to the original than they used to do it. And with that becomes limitations of the translation, both in acting and uh, dialogue translation. Yeah. Yeah. There's always got to be a component of weirdness when they're moving stuff from one language to another. Exactly. Especially with something that's animation that's pre-existing because you have to match the fucking new dialogue to the lips. Yeah. <laughs> Lip flaps aren't in English, so you got to figure it out as you go along. And so back in the day, there was a lot more of like trial and error of that. Some good, a lot bad, but some really great stuff. And Cowboy Bebop is definitely one of those. It's 26 episodes, half out, you know, 23 minutes long each because you don't have commercials. And it's a spaghetti western in space. And a lot of there's a through plot about starting around episode five or six that then periodically crops up and eventually is the climax of the series. But a lot of it is standalone episode. It's about space bounty hunters. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they're just like bounty hunters. Like, read. There's literally like a reoccurring segment, which is in the new Netflix adaptation, is a show called Big Shots. It's like a YouTube program for bounty. It's like their version of like YouTube, like bounty hunter program of like, hey y'all, shucks, howdy. Well, I don't know if you heard about the fucking breaking at the fucking chemical lab, but it's reportedly done by so-and-so. Throws up a picture of the dude. The bounty's at 8,000 or 8 million long. Good <laughs> luck. Saddle up. Nice. <laughs> and, like, the episode is about them going after this dude because they found out about him or, like, they got inside info about him and then, like, 20 minutes later it's on the show on the big shot show and they're like ah fuck we gotta fucking move quick and most of the time it ends in them like not getting the bounty (laughs) it made me think of this uh mark miller book did you ever watch firefly no no i heard it like it's got quite the following in firefly is very much like firefly i thought forever was like the closest to an adaptation of cowboy bebop you could oh get. okay so that's what kind of what firefly is about too is kind of like bounty hunters. okay yeah well they're like they're like more mercenaries not strictly bounty hunters but there's a couple bounty hunter episodes in there okay i gotcha mark what i was saying was mark miller released a book oh probably a couple of years ago or so called Sharky the Bounty Hunter. And it was yes. like, yeah, and that was a really, really, I read the first book and I've got the 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 trade on my Comixology wish list. And I haven't read all of it yet, but man, I love that first issue. It was so fucking funny. And yeah, it was like this bounty hunter in space that kind of gets tasked with having to take this kid somewhere, if I'm remembering the first issue. Yeah, it, it does. It does have a specific Cowboy Bebop influence. Miller has said as much. <laughs> That's awesome. He's one yeah, of my no, favorite comic book authors. Bebop, man. I Bebop, love his shit. Is, Bebop is hilarious and fun. Because again, like a lot of the episodes end with them being like, 
there will be an episode where like they've been chased they're like chasing this guy on their own and then meanwhile like the cops are after this guy and like the research institute that this guy stole something from is also after him and like it becomes this whole thing where like all these factions are clashing at the same time and it ends like a high-speed chase that crashes into the fucking roof of the police station (laughs) and then like we see like that happens and then it cuts to the big shot show the bounty hunter show that i was talking about and they're like talking about like what happened and like well you know cops apprehended and so forth yada yada and so forth but you know it's unfortunate because of the fact that whatever circumstances happened in the episode unfortunately the uh people who helped apprehend him were unable to cash in on any of the bounty and like there's a big busty girl who's part of the show <clears throat> she's like one of the lame like two lead hosts of the show and so she like pushes her chest together, like oh i'm so sorry for you guys out there Mwah. and then they're watching the show and be like god damn it <laughs> <laughs> i'll have to check that one out yeah it's it's Uh, i'll I'll see if that one does the trick for me i because i i know one of the last times you were on we talked about anime a bit because i i kind of have some memories percolating in my brain that i was talking to you about maybe like ninja scroll and fist of the north star and stuff sounds probable yeah and and so it's like i i don't i guess i didn't really know if those counted as is anime Yes, those are absolutely anime. Those are those are old school anime. Well, see, and then those are the ones that I like. It's the new ones with like it's like why are all these people shouting and like there, there's so much pointless yelling. I agree. I <laughs> I I have had a big issue. I, one of the reasons I fell off of anime is because like as it got more global appeal, there was a lot more, in my opinion, desire from the people creating it to put a lot of like west or uh, eastern philosophy into it so there's so much more like fucking sitting around and pontificating Ugh. over like bullshit like you know, like there's so much bullshit like philosophy and science in a lot of these where i'm like look i'm willing to go with a radioactive dinosaur that we're going to f- defeat by shooting a plasma powered black hole gun at I'll go with that. I'm not going with this. And it's bled over into Godzilla in the two times he's recently in the last, like, six years forayed into anime. And, like, it annoys the shit out of me. So I'm like, <laughs> because, like, you can always tell it's happened twice with the uh, Netflix movie trilogy from Godzilla that happened, like, 2016. And then just earlier this year with Godzilla Singular Point. You can tell if, like, these are sci-fi scripts that were probably having trouble getting sold and then they heard that like toho was looking to like do some godzilla anime and they went i could probably fit some fucking kaiju in here why the fuck not yeah yeah i can i can rewrite a little bit of this around to follow around like kaiju dna or this or that and that'll fit into the super science and philosophical nonsense i want to talk about you're like can we just fucking have an anime of Godzilla wrecking some shit and us dealing with that? Can we please? Instead of two <laughs> AI computers talking to each other and watching their human counterparts watching that happen in text and going, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, that sounds riveting. <laughs> it's annoying. And I feel like a lot of anime goes that way of like, 
there's some sort of message that supersedes the actual like fun. Whereas a lot, because like Cowboy Bebop is old. It's from like early '90s, and that's again like the right time for it. it. Was it was during like later era Dragon Ball Z stuff. Yeah, that's another property that I know next to nothing about. I mean, we'll we'll move away from Dragon Ball Z because otherwise we'll go <laughs> till it's 9.15 now. I could easily go till 2 a.m. <laughs> I know for sure we had to have talked about that in the last time because I think that I think you were talking about like the the super fights or something like that. Death battle. Death battle. That's what it was. Sure. It's yeah, all probably. coming back to me, Dan. I'm glad somebody remembers it because I don't. Oh, <laughs> uh, dude, did you see that news blurb recently that NASA's planning to to work out or like basically run a test to see if they can deflect an asteroid? Sure, because how could that go wrong? Dude, get this: they're gonna like take a spacecraft and they're going to ram it into an asteroid at 15,000 miles per hour. And they think oh. that it's going to give it just enough of a nudge that it would change trajectory. Here's the only way if it works. If you're playing Aerosmith while you're doing it. <laughs> it actually said in the article that it's like, there will be no Aerosmith. <laughs> well, then it's going to fail. Because I don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> This is basically, it says, uh, uh, NASA has a launch date for that most Hollywood emissions, the double asteroid redirection test, which is basically a dry run of the movie Armageddon. Unlike the film, this will not involve nukes, oil rigs, or Aerosmith. <laughs> so they're going the deep impact route, which is doomed to fail. Yeah. I, in my mind, I always thought that it was like ramming a spacecraft into it at 15,000 miles per hour. It's like, I suppose that's, but that's not what the plot of Armageddon is either. Well, no. like, they land the spacecraft on it. They drill down plant nukes to split it into smaller pieces. Yeah. Cause they want to split it in half. So then it'll, yeah. you know, it'll split and go to either side of there. And, and I guess with this is it's like, okay, ramming it in, but like, wouldn't it make more sense to have something that would go up and meet the asteroid and then like gently, dock against it and then fire a thruster and push it out of the way but i i suppose the well, math the involved problem, with that's a lot tougher that's, that's the problem is that it's an issue of uh mass to thrust ratio there because like uh asteroid that would be any threat is over a mile long so a 200 foot aircraft or spacecraft with thrusters is not gonna deal with that's that a really valid point energy. Yeah, well, you that, think that, that like a it. small little craft just crashing into it at fifteen thousand miles per hour? God, I remember. No, I don't think that's going to work either, Aerosmith or not. <laughs> I don't believe that either. I was thinking they could also do something. A plot also, of a Godzilla book. <laughs> also, the the asteroid also had King Ghidorah bedded inside of it, but still, <laughs> I don't know if I read this or saw it somewhere, but somebody was saying something that you could like even change the color of the surface of an asteroid. And then just the way it would interfere with the sun or the way that the sun's rays would like interact with it, that would change the directory or trajectory. It'd be a really there, good question for my friend, there James. Is, there is from what little I know, extremely little, there is a theoretical possibility based on how 
light spectrum of solar radiation. I don't know about how that affects it in with outside of an atmosphere or close proximity to one, but I believe theoretically there's something there. Now, in terms of using a color scheme to deflect deadly asteroids from impacting with Earth, I'm gonna withhold my acceptance of that theory. <laughs> I just but, can't believe NASA's actually gonna send something in at that thing at 15,000 miles per hour and just, just go fucking ram into it, dude. To be fair, it's probably the only way they were able to allocate a decent enough budget to do anything. <laughs> I mean, like, the space program has been cut to ribbons so fucking bad in the last 15, 20 years, ever since 9-11, because of just... Well, they're they're privatizing it. it they, you know, they they've put it well, in the hands of all these different the companies, and they're like, it's the only way well, yeah, funding anymore. Yeah, and so they've put it in the hands of all these different companies. It's like, hey, you figure out how to do this shit. I just you know? remember, you remember growing up when there was a time where we still looked our outward with hope, as opposed to looking inward and just like vomiting. Yeah, that, I still do. When, when it's a clear night, I go outside and stare at the stars and trip out about it all the time. It's it's I'd in love, my opinion it's the most that, amazing I shit. In, I, I'd love to do that, but I live in slash near Chicago, and yeah, that's not fucked. even possible. Yeah, there's no chance. There used to be um, when I was in high school. Um, I went to the youth program at my local uh, uh, church. Uh, I don't really. I'm not religious, so that out of the way. But like a lot of you know, a lot of us would go through it and everything. And uh, there was. At the beginning of August, there would be an annual uh, retreat we would do for a week, seven or eight days, uh, to the what's called the Boundary Waters up in uh, northern Minnesota. Okay, it's yeah. like a chain of like dozens of lakes and everything. So we'd go out there for a week away from everything. And like it was so fucking beautiful. And like you don't have cell phones. And we had cell phones then, not like we have now, of course. No smartphones or anything. You know, you can play Snake and Mafia on it. <laughs> <laughs> the old Nokia phones. Oh, God, yeah. The indestructible motherfuckers. Um, but, like, you know, we wouldn't take those with us or anything. And, like, we would just go out. Uh, once uh, we made a real strong push. And it really hurt, but it was worth it because we made it into Canada. <laughs> <laughs> For, like, a day. But, like, it was so beautiful skies up there. It was so removed from everything. Here's a crazy story. One of the times, I believe this was my, it was uh, the end of the summer from junior to senior year of high school. Um, I forget where we were. We were in the United States again. This was the year that we pushed up to Canada, but we were on the way back down. Um, it was one night. I think this was Wednesday night. Uh, we, you know, camped out. We Long day, camped out and everything. Everybody else was asleep. I don't know what time it was, but it, like me and like four or five other people, we were out like stargazing and watching shooting stars and stuff for a long while. Everybody else had uh, turned in for the night. I was the last one up. I stood up for like an extra hour and a half just by myself. I like those moments to just be by yourself and just fucking introspect and think. You know what I mean? Like it's so hard to get those moments nowadays. So. You know, eventually I'm like, all right, I'm tired. It's time to turn in. I've got to be up in like four hours. I'm going to have to haul a 40-pound pack over land for a <laughs> while. I'm walking back to the camp, and I stop. 
as I'm approaching, because I'm like, what the fuck is that? There's like, because the campfire is still slightly going enough where there's like, there's a really big shadow that's moving. I'm like, okay, shit, is this a bear? No, it was a fucking moose. Oh. Yeah. 30 stories tall if it was an inch, I tell you. No, they're fucking huge, dude. They're insane. Like, this, it was easily a good, like, 10 feet to the shoulder. Like, this, they are, if you've never seen a moose before in person, listeners at home, they will, they, they will eat the mountain that you're looking at. Well, they're big. I mean, it's like a fucking forest horse with, like, closet doors for antlers. It's crazy. I and mean, they're, was, like, huge. It wandered into the camp as I was walking <laughs> back. I was like, holy fuck. Because, like, the tents were all around the campfire, you know, 15, 20 feet away from it or whatever, right? Now it's probably about a good mm, 30, 40 yards away from all that towards the water. I just sat there. I was, like, laying down low profile as much as I can onto the ground, onto the rock that I was sitting on. Be like, holy fuck, holy fuck. And just, like, for, like, five, seven minutes, I just kind of literally just, like, walked in, wandered around, was curious, didn't really do anything, and then eventually fucking left. I was like, holy shit, that's incredible. Yeah, dude, that'd be that'd be wild. I mean, because if those things, if they look at you and decide they don't like the look at you, I mean, they're going to fuck you up and, like, I mean, you might die. You could hit it with, like, a fucking two-door sedan going at, like, 60 miles an hour and you lose. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You think a white-tailed deer will fuck your car up. <laughs> right. It'll take the hit. Maybe it'll go to a knee. Maybe. Your car's total. It'll stand up, look at you, go, that's what you get, and walk off. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that picture of uh, Theodore Roosevelt riding on the back of one that was crossing a lake? Oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> Fucking love that picture. <laughs> What's up, bitches? <laughs> that guy was out of his fucking mind. Uh, Different breed of person, man. Uh, fucking tragic story, too. That guy lived a very interesting life. He was, like, born a sickly kid with yeah. asthma and stuff, and the doctor was like, now you can smoke these cigarettes, man. This is gonna man you up. Dude, medicine was a I mean, trip back then. To be fair, it worked. I, right? I mean, I'm not endorsing as a as a former cigarette smoker, now just vape smoker. You know, I'm not endorsing cigarettes, but apparently it worked in one case. Yeah, the the, the tragic part that I always thought about his life was that you know he went through his entire adult years and everything thinking that war was this list glorious thing and then when his sons went off to it and didn't come home you know that's when he really felt the impact of it and realized oh my god i was wrong my whole life and he was introspective enough and you know had for for the man that he was the fact that he was able to put aside his ego and say oh my god i was wrong like that's a pretty incredible thing (laughs) tragic god forbid a political figure does that nowadays (laughs) yeah that's yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think one of the big problems in the world in general is that there's just too many people right now that are completely ruled by their egos. And, oh. And, and and once you get into that, it's it's a very, very slippery slope. Yeah, you don't really I mean, want to let would, your ego in the driver's seat. It, I wouldn't call it a slippery slope. I would call it more like a cliff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, they're definitely like, gross people to be around, you know. 
oh god and like you know and coming from a person from when i was younger you know there was a lot of ego none of it justifiable at all (laughs) people need to listen to kendrick lamar bitch be humble right (laughs) come on I mean, things like my Florida story, for example, have definitely humbled the shit out of me over life. (laughs) Tied it all back. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm still horrified by some of those things that humbled me. And and like, I'm I'm sure this happens to you because I'm I'm sure it happens to everybody. But like, you'll just be sitting, you know, going about your, your business and then all of a sudden something will pop into your head that is just like a horrifyingly embarrassing thing that you did say thir- say 25 years ago you and have you no I- you have no idea why it pops into your head at this moment but yeah. you just literally like stop yeah and you just and relive like, you the horror thousand, of it you get that thousand yard stare and you just go what the fuck was i thinking <laughs> My way that I've my way that I've found through this because it happens to me so often is I stop and remind myself, dude, for sure you're the only person in the world right now that is thinking about this, and you're probably the only person that even remembers it. Right. So just sure, but shake I, it off. <laughs> on a similar uh, slight tangent, we all all of us have like a very vivid memory of something from your childhood that only you remembers, but you like still will occasionally fixate on it and it's like an embarrassing or like bad experience and no one else remembers it but you nobody does oh yeah you can go to the other like childhood friends that you haven't seen in 20 plus years or whatever right you could walk up them tomorrow and be like do you remember like what are you talking about yeah they'd probably be like what like they were there (laughs) they were there in the moment with you and they have no memory. You're the only person who remembers. It's it's something I think about every once in a while of like follow me on this. Of like if if you ever had to convince someone that you're you of like the a secret that only you remember. Like if there was a doppelganger clone of you right like the evil you with the mustache like the evil kirk or whatever right and be like how do you how do i know because it happens like tv shows especially in cartoons of like you know say something that only the real so-and-so would know right you know someone will ask them that like do you have one in your memory of like oh i got you know, a lot of them you, like <laughs> yeah Right, like we all have those. Like only, only you know. This. Like if, only like, I, like if you... I had to convince me from like a, a different generation or, or like exactly. a like a time yeah. traveling version, like I'm no, dude, I'm you. Years in the future, prove it. Oh yeah. What was and then name whatever it is. Right, you have one. Oh, I have so many. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so we're so like, many. if they even had, if the, if the future you, quote unquote, even hesitated. If you had a gun, you would kneecap them and go, who sent you? Who <laughs> sent you? <laughs> yeah, I, I think some people are defined by their trauma and, you know, others are, have, have gotten to the point where they're just they've just been shaped by it. And there, and there is it's minute, it's subtle, but there is a difference between traumatized by and shaped by there's a difference yeah no no there absolutely is and and i think a lot of it has to do with yes for sure 
And I think a lot of that probably has to do too with like how you've been able to, you know, come to terms with it. And I think that that's where yeah. therapy is, is really, really helpful for lots of people. Um, and I, I went to a psychologist once when I was a kid and, and I just didn't click with the guy. And so I've never tried therapy or anything, but I've always lived a very, like, very deeply self-introspective life where, like, I'm, I'm really interested yep. in, in understanding why my default settings are the way they are. Yeah, I'm very much the same way to the point where it rarely happens nowadays but whenever it does even like 15 years ago whenever especially now in the rare occurrences where i'm able to like trip on psychedelics whether it's like shrooms or acid or whatever i use those primarily as an introspective period of just like all right we're in a weird we're in a really weird mindset right now we're in a really weird place, but that's the best place to fucking self-reflect and learn and grow. So let's let's fucking do it. All right, all the fucking figures in my room that are currently walking around and freaking me out right now, let's have a contact. <laughs> let's all get together. I've talked about it before. Um, about a decade ago, I was, I, it was like 24, 25, um, a friend of mine had gotten me and a couple other people some uh, peyote cactus, like actual like cactus. Wow. <clears throat> so he gave us all instructions individually. I mean, like all of us, the same instructions, but like we all did it on our own time by ourselves of like, Hey, here's how you slice it up, slow boil it over like 36 hours into a tea and drink it. And like, cause he was like into some like real shaman stuff. Right. So like did so, you know, in my apartment and everything had to place it myself for the weekend slow boiled in a big ass fucking pot for like 36 hours and everything and then took the slices and threw them in the freezer and free froze it and then like the extra little uh bits would freeze and crystallize on the edges of it and you chew on that while you're drinking the tea right so did all that and then it was like sitting around for like four hours waiting for it to kick in and i sat there i'm like oh, man i think i fucked it up and then I'm going to do the voices because I'm stupid like that right now. So just bear with me. And then from my uh, right side, I had to remember the, the, the layout of my room at that place. From my right side, I hear, of course you fucked it up, you idiot. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I have two posters. Have you, you haven't been to my place yet, have you? No. I have two posters in the living room. Everybody who's been there after C2 to have seen of like they're old posters from uh, Dreamwave Comics. 20 years of Optimus Prime. So like all the iterations from him from like 2004 and before. Before the Michael Bay movies. And 20 years of Megatron. And here comes Megatron jumping out of that poster. Hopping onto the dresser and shit talking me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like. Oh, it's kicked in. And then literally, like, Optimus Prime and his voice is, like, trying to talk, like, shout him down and comes out. And then Godzilla comes out of the third post in the room. And I go, oh, here we go. The id, Godzilla, the ego, Megatron, the super ego, uh, Optimus. <laughs> All right. Here are my personality uh, uh, segments here. Let's have a discussion about where the fuck I am or where I'm going to be in, like, a year from now. 
Wow, dude. Yeah, I, I, I never had. I mean, like I, I did like quite a few trips in my early twenties, like early, early twenties. Like the last time I did it was April twenty seventh, two thousand two. God damn, that's a long time. Yeah. <laughs> That's 19. That's almost 20 years ago. It is a very long time. And and it's because I went way too far down the rabbit hole that time. That'll, and, that'll happen. And it was, but like all the times I did that and like, you know, like times doing like, you know, like multiple tabs of like blotter acid and stuff like that. Never had that kind of visual, you know, where it was like something was standing there talking to me like never like i've heard lots of stories about that but that was never ever my experience with it like with me it was always like it looked like the walls were breathing it looked like everything was breathing you yeah, know it was just fucking that weird, weird warble it's a warble effect as i like to call it yeah everything's kind of like yeah like you said it's breathing there's this like flow of inhalation ex- expansion contraction and everything and it sets to it usually sets to your actual breathing and your heartbeat more specifically. What's weird now is that it'll still happen to me. I'll still get that visual if I look at a pegboard with all the like the holes in it, <laughs> like with no no tools or anything on it. If I just look at a pegboard, all of a sudden the the holes will start moving like it's breathing, and I'm like, oh my god, is there still acid in my spine? <laughs> the first time it happened. The answer is no in your case because it's been 20 years. The answer in my case, yes, because and a little bit of uh, I'm going to throw myself under the bus here. Uh, last time I was actually able to, it was actually twice earlier this year with the same guy. Uh, the second time, we actually just ended up like watching we were watching the, Mortal, the new Mortal Kombat movie. We'd already seen it, but we're like, why not watch it on acid? That would be fun. And then randomly the fucking high school that's like two blocks, three blocks away from me. I guess it was a football game or whatever. So like fireworks started happening. And we're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like we all heard it. Like, what is that? I was actually upstairs by myself doing my thing. Everybody else is downstairs after the movie talking. And then like, I heard it. That I heard them walking outside. I'm like, Oh, so that's not just me. And then I like open the curtains here and open the window. I was like, Oh shit! Are you all seeing this too? <laughs> that was a fun night. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I think there's some. Isn't it like Colorado? Did they legalize psilocybin? Uh, yes. Yeah, because I, I know there's places that are starting to flirt with it, and and I think psilocybin for, is going to have tremendous Colorado benefits for, for people. I lived in Colorado for a year. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I love Colorado. Dude, if I were to win the lottery. Yeah, it was, 20, it was uh, 2011 to, let me do this right. It was summer of 2011 to the beginning to May of 2012. Uh, I moved back in between the original Avengers movie coming out and Dark Knight Rises coming out. <laughs> That's an excellent way to count time. I know it. Well, I know it very specifically because I moved back the week that Dark Knight Rises was coming out because the theater, if I was still in Colorado, I would have been at was the Aurora shooting. Oh, geez. Yeah, I would have been there. I knew I knew people who were there. Everybody was okay that I knew. Everybody I knew was okay, but there were, were people I knew from my year there that were there in the theater. Oh, that's oh, that's so scary. Yeah, I I had, when I heard it had happened, I got in contact. 
weird, but I got in contact with the uh, night manager of the bar that I would that I was at like most days, <laughs> almost every day when I was living out there for the year. Uh, it was like a block away from the theater because that's where like I knew everybody from, and they were organizing uh, donations and everything, and I donated a bunch of money to that and everything, and helped try to organize uh, some stuff for them for that and everything it was crazy because like I, I saw avengers in that theater it was an amc so it had like the whole the whole phase one we watched all the marvel movies before avengers and then the midnight release of avengers and then like three weeks later was that wow yeah so i literally just missed it man that is the but colorado dude dude if, if i were to win the lottery man i'd, I'd buy uh, i'd be buying property like in the Estes Park nice area, like it's immediately. A, Colorado's a beautiful state, man. It's beautiful. Yeah, it absolutely yeah. is, dude. It is. That's it. We we went there earlier this year, and it was it was just gorgeous, man. Or was it earlier this year? I'm pretty sure it was. I'm so terrible with time. Like if, if I were well, ever like this, eight, the last 18 months have done no favors to know where the fuck we are in the universe. <laughs> no, that's no, it was earlier this year because yeah, it was right around the time that I got my vaccine and I got that back in May. So th- it was like back in May or something like that. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, while we were there, it snowed. And so we got to, you know, see the mountains with snow all over them and actually go for hikes up in the mountains in the snow. And it was, they are was there fucking are incredible. Lovely, lovely trails up there to the mountains. They're great. Yeah, we definitely, it, it, it left us wanting to go back and do more for sure. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the next time we go and, and get to do some more hiking. Uh, yeah, I fucking love Colorado, dude. But I, I was thinking that, that they, legalized psilocybin there and, and i think that that's something that should be legal everywhere and it should be something that like licensed therapists are like using on people with ptsd and stuff like that because i think in in small doses and controlled settings i think it would do wonders for helping people with trauma yeah i mean i am very much a proponent of like in controlled doses and environments using certain levels of mind-altering substances for self-reflection, introspection, healing trauma, and more importantly, facing trauma. Again, with a lot of, like, controlled environment, dosage, people around you, because it can go bad. It can go bad. Oh, yeah. I've 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 had had a bad trip myself. I've had bad trips in my life and everything. It goes really bad i've had fucking scary i've had to talk people out of bad trips i (laughs) i will give it the briefest summation one time tripped on shrooms with a couple dudes when i was again at that same college at northern illinois uh and we somehow while tripping on shrooms i was driving should not have been we ended up across (laughs) the border into wisconsin and I woke up with no shirt, but with pants <laughs> in, a, in a in a cornfield, not a cornfield, but like a field. I think it, was, it might have been a weed field. I can't remember exactly what now, uh, but a field to one of the two people I was with howling, howling, like Ow! howling. <laughs> and he was still he was still because he had like he took triple dosage and I took a single dosage. 
And he thought he was a fucking wolf and he had lost his pack. <laughs> and he thought he was going to die alone in the wilderness. And here's how I talked him down. I'm like, whoa, stop, stop, stop. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Give me your hands. I'm like, he's like, okay. I'm like, give me your hands. He gives me his hands. I hold him in my hands. I'm like, you see your hands? Yeah. How many fingers do you have? Five and five, ten. Wolves don't have fingers. <laughs> he went, You're right. Holy shit. Oh my god, I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> You're right. Holy shit. <laughs> like, it can go real bad. And I've seen not just that, but like I've seen other people, like, it goes real bad. If it goes bad, which is why controlled environment, controlled people around, controlled. No, that's, that's hugely important. Absolutely. Um, take a momentary pause here. I'm just going to go to the bathroom real quick. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> All right, we're back. Yeah. So just off air, you were telling me about something about uh, measuring uh, throws. Yeah, yeah. I've gotten back into playing disc golf lately. And so there's an app called UDisc where you can use uh, GPS to actually like set the the place where you threw from and where the disc landed to actually measure your throws. Nice. It's it's interesting to me and hilarious to me simultaneously. Um, the fact that like with the internet and all these different kinds of apps that track distance to throws, all these kinds of stuff, right? Like we have all this new information that we can record off our fingertips, and it always makes me think about something. And it's something that I oh I want, but who knows if it's actually a thing? Is that when you die? I have no real concept or concrete idea of like, is there an afterlife? Having the hell out of that stuff. I don't care. What I want is like a game over screen that gives you metrics of your life. <laughs> like how many hours you slept. The longest you slept in one sitting ever. Dates attached to all this, by the way. Like you're the least amount you ever slept in one sitting. The most amount. Your average. How much through your entire life you slept. Your biggest shit, your smallest shit, like all these, kinds of, <laughs> like all these kinds. Of, I want metrics to like break down all the things of your life to be like, ah, the most I ever bear me for being crass, but like, ah, the largest I ever ejaculated was this much on this day. <laughs> <laughs> like, just it's the metrics would be fascinating to me. You could spend literally another lifetime going over that shit and just like. It's it's curious to me because we live in a world now where everything is measured so much. I want to know like all of it, like all the measurements of my life, how many exact, how many steps I took in my life, the longest I traveled in whatever period, all this kinds of stuff. I think it'd be fascinating to like have that information to go over as like a metric of like, some people, not me, but some people would go like, how successful was I in life? You know, if it really is all a simulation, that might actually be a thing. Right? It's your game over screen. You know, like anytime, you know, in video games, you die, like your kill death ratio and so forth, right? Like, let me give it, let me get all those numbers. Let me get that, those metrics. Let me, let me sort through that for a bit. <laughs> that would be weird, dude. It's it's what I hope for. I don't care what happens afterwards. I just want to be able to look over those numbers and go, all right, I'm satisfied. <laughs> oh, man. 
Dude, um, do you follow the the alien stuff very much that's going on now? Are you talking about post uh, government admitting that there's UFOs? Yes. Not really. Uh, the most recent uh, UAP spotted was they're calling it a rubber duck because sure. it's kind of looks like a rubber duck. The last one was called the Tic Tac. Did you see the Tic Tac footage? No. Ah, oh, it's fucking wild, dude. This shit is just. It moves too fast. It's like there's no heat signature. Like when it's accelerating, there's no heat signature with it. It's- I've always been a I've always been a firm believer. Of, of course, there's fucking aliens, and of course they've been here. But of course, they don't want to let people know that they've been here because we are terrible. Like we are the Alabama of the galaxy. <laughs> I would say apologize to any Alabama listeners, but fuck you. <laughs> I don't care. Like, y'all know where the fuck you live, and it's a <laughs> shithole. Like, we are fucking terrible. We are just a planet of, like, idiotic, infighting, inbreds. Like, we are a, a macro planetary to a galactic scale of, like, Thanksgiving dinner where, like, you know... You're there with family that some of them you know, some of them you really don't, but you only see them like here every year, like here Easter, maybe Christmas. And like, you know, it's always the stereotype like, and here comes the racist uncle when he gets a couple of shots in him and everything. And like, that's us. We are that. Like, yeah, do it, it does kind of seem like that, doesn't it? Yeah, no, it absolutely is. We are terrible. And like, it's no surprise nobody else in the galaxy wants to fucking communicate with us and let them be known. Like, uh. <laughs> Also, I also sit there and go, yeah, I'm not surprised that other species that can have intergalactic and interplanetary travel wouldn't really know much of a difference between us and a cow. <laughs> that's the, yeah, that's pretty funny. Like, I, yeah, I can see why somebody advantage would be like, yeah, I mean, it's basically the same thing, right? <laughs> it's basically the same. <laughs> I've, always, yeah. I've, I've thought about it of like, you know, people, you know, culture always dramatize like, oh, aliens is like Independence Day and Stargate and whatever else. Right. It's like, mm, I feel like in reality for a species to have that level of technological advancement, they'd be so far above morally, ethically. Anything that we recognize as like, you know, the the calling card of a higher of a advanced intelligence, they're so far above that that we don't classify as an intelligent species. They would look at us as like bacteria on the planet. And like we wouldn't know what happens. It would just be like all of a sudden, time stops, and then all of humanity is wiped off the planet in an instant. Like spraying fucking disinfectant on your countertop and wiping it off. Well, think about it. I mean, if if there were some sort of race of aliens that's actually here on our planet, or if there were a, a race that had the technological means to reach our planet... If they had, like, ill intent towards us... We'd be dead. Well, all they'd have to do is just uh, just 
nudge an asteroid in our direction and it would sort itself out or just release a pathogen in the upper atmosphere. I mean, it wouldn't have to be anything like Independence Whoa, Day. Oh, wait, wait. Careful. Careful. Don't give the anti-vaxxers more ideas. <laughs> I'm just saying that there's like really like life on Earth is such a fragile balance that it, it probably wouldn't take much for a star-faring civilization or a star-faring race Absolutely. to severely fuck us up. Absolutely not. It would take the most minimalist of efforts from them to just wipe the slate clean on this entire rock to exploit resources if they needed, which I doubt they would because why would they need shit? Why would they need something like that? Like Again, it's just I've always thought like if... I've always thought that like a really a real advanced intelligence that far advanced that it is like galactic colonialization and intergalactic light years faster than light travel is going to be so actually probably advanced that they like it's not comprehensible for us. We're too fucking stupid. Like we can't get past we can't get past this fucking rock we live on. Wow. So, I mean, so these UAPs that are being spotted, I mean, do you, do you think that, do you think that it's an alien or do you think it's, it's like some Tony Stark type dude that's that just way know. ahead of the curve and he's just, there's I mean, technology out there that was created by humans that, you know, we just can't fathom yet. What I would say is this, I doubt that it's any, it's not a Tony Stark situation. No individual entrepreneur. Because we are, as we've talked about multiple times now on this uh, particular episode, we are too arrogant of a species to have somebody have that and not just flaunt the shit out of that. So I don't think it's any individual entrepreneur. I think it is either some sort of us, somebody, some government, some military organization trying to reverse engineer something. Or it is just maybe just scan, you know, scouting parties that are just observing. But I don't think it's anything we've come up with all by our lonesomes. Oh, man, it's just one of those things that every time I see an article about it, it's like I have to read it. <laughs> I'm so intrigued by it. I, I stay away from it lately just because, like, it's more disparaging. So I'm just embarrassed for all of us. <laughs> I'm just like I. I just want to be like, guys, just, just, just leave. It's, it's not worth the time. It's not worth the effort traveling here. It really isn't. Like, we're not worth it. We will kill ourselves. Don't worry about it. What if it's some shit like, like, like what Zachariah Sitchin wrote that you know we were at one time we were just monkeys, but then these, you know, aliens came in and mixed their DNA with ours, and then they created humans as like a kind of a slave race to do work for them, and then eventually they got bored with us and they left. I mean, that's wild. <laughs> I mean, Stargate did the same thing, right? Tauri. I mean, again, like going back to much earlier on the show in the first hour, we're in the third one now. <laughs> um, you know, it'd be nice to think that like there's some there was some design involved here. It'd be nice to think that like yeah, maybe Prometheus, that fucking terrible movie, was the thing that happened with the engineers and everything. And <laughs> there are parts of that movie were, I loved. There are parts, but like it doesn't fit with anything else that it's in with this or the true. universe that it's built around. So, you know, but like it'd be nice to think that like, yeah, maybe there's some grand design, whether it was 
flawed in its inception or not or whatever. But like, again, the idea of things are happen for a reason. There's order to this chaos. No, there fucking isn't fucking just become dark side and find the anti-life equation and bring balance to the chaos, bring order to the chaos that is existence. Cause that's what it is, guys. It's not, it's not a grand design. It's not a God's plan. It's not any of that shit. We're just a bunch of fucking lunatic bacterial life forms that live on this fucking sullen rock and will probably kill ourselves instead of reaching beyond. Yeah, and how many times has that scenario played out across the billions of stars in the sky? More than we'd ever be wanting to know. That would be my guess. Yeah, I don't know. Space is just so fascinating. You, you would have to think that for every one interplanetary spacefaring or inter, you know, galactic or whatever, fast and light travel spacefaring species that does probably exist in the galaxy. There's probably about a thousand that never made it even close to that. And we're just going to be probably another one of them. I mean, it's possible if we can't get our shit together and coexist on this relatively small planet. I mean, I think if anything on this show tonight, we have very thoroughly covered politically, uh, existentially, <laughs> uh, uh, substance abusely, and life choicely. <laughs> We're just going to go with the Ali at the end of everything. Uh, that we are doomed to self-destruction. I think we have unraveled the truth about our existence and our species on the show tonight. I think me and you tonight alone have cracked the code. See, I, 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 I agree that that is the pessimistic view. But I've also gone through like several like natural disasters at this point in my life. And one thing I've noticed about people is like when we're beat down at the most, it's when we come together the best. And so, you know, who the problem knows? It, I feel like the pro and I agree. I feel like the problem is it has to be a physical beat down, not an emotional existential or phys- philosophical one. I think that's the problem ultimately is that, because we still rely so much on our cortex, the reptilian part of our brains, because of that, it's so instinctually, it has to boil down to fight or flight for us as a species still to this day. And because of that, we're the frog is sitting in the pot that's slowly boiling and we're not going to figure it out until it's too late. Hmm. Yeah, I, I still think that's the pessimistic view. I mean, oh, fuck, it is. fuck, you could be right, though. <laughs> I'm, I, not, I'm not disagreeing with you. It absolutely is the pessimistic viewpoint. And again, like I said, pre-COVID, like uh, the previous five or six years before that, I've been working really hard at like suppressing that pessimistic view and nihilism and trying to see the good and the hope. These last 18 months or so, man, I just... I don't feel it anymore, man. (laughs) (laughs) No, there are times where I read through the news and I'm just like, this is, this is all going downhill fast. Gotta be the end, man. I don't know. But then I remember those times though, where, and I feel like it's times that, that were made to feel small. There are times that, that were made to feel small or that, that were shown how small our, you know, our, our part in the world really is. And and for me, it's like every time I've gone through some sort of natural disaster where mother nature stepped in 
and, you know, just handed us a big fuck you and destroyed everything around us. And the the times the you know, those are when people like really, really came together. Those are it's like those dark times is when humanity can shine the best. And and, it, and the thing that's so sad to me is that it takes those dark, trying times to bring that light out. I absolutely agree. It's. I got two things here. They're both super nerdy and super right in my wheelhouse. And I feel like they're a perfect way to close out this now over three hour episode. <laughs> yeah, we can start landing it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Let's start, bring us let's home, bring Dan. This one for a long overdue landing. First, <laughs> what you were just talking about there, <clears throat> it reminds me of it's the battle, first super nerdy point, between Optimus Prime and Megatron. The nihilism of uh despair and tyranny versus the hope of like hey we can be better also fun fact uh in official canon nowadays megatron was actually uh malcolm x and then went crazy but that's for another time the other thing (laughs) is that sounds like a doctoral thesis in the making (laughs) oh no no there there's there are papers already written about it (laughs) I wasn't far off then. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're 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 just behind because you're not in the world that I'm in. <laughs> but the other thing, and we'll go to the second wheelhouse, is great because it's a self plug for my uh, show and everything. Right? Is I'm going to quote something from uh, Godzilla 1985, and this is off memory, but I believe it's verbatim. <clears throat> And this is done by, it's narrated by Raymond Burr, Perry Mason himself, in a Godzilla movie, his second appearance in one, playing the same character. Nature has a way sometimes of reminding ourselves of just how small we really are. She occasionally throws up the terrible offspring of our pride and carelessness to remind us of how puny we truly are in the face of a tornado, an earthquake, or a Godzilla. Here, here. <laughs> that is goddamn accurate, man. Right. There's more to it that's more Godzilla specific because we're also watching him fall into a volcano during it. <laughs> Did you recite all that from memory? Yes. I love that. <laughs> it's the first. It's the first Godzilla movie I ever saw, <laughs> and I've watched it over a hundred times. It's actually like a very famous speech, along with his how he starts the original movie, the American edit of the original 1954 movie of This is Tokyo, once a uh, city of over six million, now there are hardly a few. And he goes on about like, and this sets up the story that happens of Godzilla. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Dude, I've, I've said it on my show many times. There is so much that this brain could be using that's useful to anybody (laughs) ever. (laughs) And instead, this is what it's filled with. This, this absolutely useless shit. Oh, oh yeah, dude. No, I, I feel the same way about myself all the time. I always refer to it as my superpower. The fact that I can remember like movie details from a trailer I saw in the nineties. Yes. I, Why it, do I remember that still? It's it's totally we useless. Both, we are both like a point five on the spectrum. <laughs> no, I think you're right. 
I can watch a movie one time and remember more of it than someone who's watched it five times. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do that shit too. And it's like, yeah, yeah I don't know. It's, it's not We're like, useful. You hear something and somebody's talking about something for a movie. Like, yeah, I saw it three times. I love to see them like, and you just go, no, 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 you've got that wrong. Here's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, how many times you saw it? Once, like three months ago. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I watched it once. It was a long time. I really wasn't paying that much attention, right. but here it is, and it'll be in here forever. It's it's there. A steel trap for the most useless information ever. God, I still so... I remember so much still of, like, Vanilla Ice to the extreme. Like, all oh, shit that it's I, like, I don't want it in there. I, I don't need to remember how to beatbox having a roni. You know, fucking go away. <laughs> <laughs> and yet there it is <laughs> there's so much it's funny for um the, the episode has been recorded but it hasn't come out yet we recently covered uh the 1998 godzilla jake from pcl was on that episode oh nice um and you know uh i have my friend tiara She's li- been live, live, living with me for like last two years. So, and she's on the show. She's one of the main hosts, co-hosts on the show, right? And so we always watch whatever we're watching together, obviously. So that was one of the times, one of the many times, but like one of the very specific times where like I was just, and I hadn't watched that movie in well over a decade. And I was just in the moment reciting lines dialogue <laughs> scene bit for bit inflection timing with the music because that's how i remember how the scene goes and like time between lines of dialogue between certain characters and like she just kept looking at me like what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> it's like why how do you remember this i'm like because that's what my brain is that's how it works it's oh, so too stupid funny. and they're not like iconic lines like scenes from trailers they're literally like the most innocuous lines of like i'm reciting background dialogue from two characters who aren't even named yeah yeah no that's the weird sort of shit that i'll remember too dude it's so yeah we got that common thread yeah <laughs> We're really fucking stupid. <laughs> on the one hand, yeah. <laughs> yeah. On a very literal, useful hand, we are fucking dumb and useless. <laughs> very, very powerful as partners in Trivial Pursuit, but oh my God, right. <laughs> probably not at anything worthwhile. <laughs> I'm sorry, the card says moops. <laughs> Classic Seinfeld. <laughs> oh my God, poor Bubble Boy. <laughs> dude this has been great talking with you tonight i'm really glad that uh oh my God. you took I the time out to like, come in i come find on. it hilarious now in retrospect that just over an hour in two hours ago now i was like i guess we're gonna we're we're bringing this in for a landing right you're like no we can keep going like well i can keep going <laughs> I was like, I, was like I, I had like three hours set aside, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I remember that being like an hour, maybe an hour and a half long. So I was going off of that. But I mean, we're three hours in and it's been a fucking treat and a delight <laughs> and a joy, man. Dude, like you are one of my 
absolute favorite people from leftover army <laughs> oh thank you like, <laughs> there's a lot of us like, so that, there is so much jovialness in you at all times you're like a real world santa <laughs> <laughs> i mean i try i mean they, uh, especially like you know when i'm doing this I, when i'm doing startcast you know i especially put my best foot forward i mean if you but I, I, I I've, know, ne- I've never recorded Starcast when I've been mad, so you guys have never heard Mad Joe before, and so like True. you, you probably I don't know. Get me on so, get me on some subject that pisses me off the next time we're face to face, and you can see me be a ranting psycho for a little bit. But it usually doesn't last long because I don't like living there. You know what I mean? See, and I'm I'm the same way, except for when I get pulled into that uh, orbit, I'm stuck there for a bit. So like I can remain mad for a long time, and I'm trying to get myself out, but I can't a lot of times. But like you know, I mean you know, yes, obviously when we're recording for a show and everything, you want to try to plant your best foot forward. But you know, I've seen you plenty of times at C2 and E2, uh, C2 E2 and everything, and like while it's a fun environment and everything, you know, the, the one-on-one there and we're just talking and everything, you're still this same way. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're a much more like fun person than I probably usually am. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I like to laugh and like laughing is like one of my favorite things. And, and I find, all sorts of shit funny that I probably shouldn't think is you funny. You gotta get that dopamine drip, man. <laughs> you gotta keep it flowing, because otherwise, how are you gonna fuck are you gonna wake up the next morning? Yeah, I mean, there are definitely times, though, where I can be, you know, quick to anger, and then quick to forget all about it. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah, you know, because uh, the first time <laughs> I came on the show, we were talking about... I, was, I wasn't going to bring that up at all. And oh, I, I'm gonna, I, I feel yeah, like no, I saddled you, you with me. that by by telling that story no, too many times. No, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, because that was a unique experience you got to see there first hand. Like, oh, was so weird. really bashing out to metal. Oh, no, this dude's angry. Is that Dan? That is... Of all, like, of all the people, the window, we laughed. I was like, "But fuck this shit!" <laughs> I've been waiting dude, in the no, slide like for that, twenty that, fucking minutes, dude. That is me. Like, dude, I have no pay- like <laughs> driving, especially traffic is like my number one. You want to see me mad? Get me in remotely annoying traffic, and I will <laughs> go all the way off like i go off the deep end immediately because i i just can't a lifetime in this fucking city i can't fucking stand it i can't deal with it anymore yesterday it took me over an hour and a half starting at 7 a.m to get to my first fucking stop for work on that's that's too much yeah that's too many people too close together (laughs) i I too much I will end it with a bit of a very nihilistic note here, and I've shared it with other people before of as this summer started and people started going back out, I have had thoughts in my head more than once of, like, not enough people have died. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you are ending this on a nihilistic note. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's a terrible thought, but it's in my head. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, where, where can people find you, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
They can find our podcast, Leftover Army Monsters, colon, Giant Podcast, All Out Attack, on SoundCloud and iTunes. We are part of the larger Leftover Army podcast feed. You can find me on Twitter at Mighty Megatron Zero. You can find me on Facebook at Daniel Hepner. And uh, if you find me in real life and I don't know you, I'll probably punch your teeth down your throat. <laughs> don't approach me if I don't know you like that. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't know if I've ever had a guest do that. <laughs> if you approach me in real life, I'll punch your teeth down your throat. If I don't know you and you approach me with like some inside knowledge, I'll assume you're somebody you shouldn't be and hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got you in a full wheeze laugh. Yeah. Dude, I'm just like, wow. It's just so funny to me. I'm sorry. Ah. Uh, Dude, no, no, thank you I so much for coming I on. <laughs> I am happy I got you to full wheeze like for six uninterrupted seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that one really. Because <laughs> like I'm not a wheeze laughing kind of person. I'm a more much, I'm very much more of a like a quiet, silent laugh kind of person. It's all visual. No, my <laughs> asthma comes out when when I really laugh hard. My asthma. Oh, comes I know. Out. I've, I've seen it in person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was funny shit, dude. Oh, oh God, we know we're closing in on episode 100 pretty soon here, and I don't think I've ever had a guest threaten to punch people's teeth. <laughs> that was great. That, and also, I should admit, I've been drinking beer throughout this whole thing, and it's been a while since I drank some beers, so this was fun. I switched to beer about an hour ago, and <laughs> I've had three in that hour, so. <laughs> dude, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a real treat. Dude, um, it is always fun talking to you on this show, on my show, in person, wherever the fuck. It's always lovely talking to you. And it's great because we'll have you on my show in like two and a half, three weeks. Hell yeah, dude. Looking forward to it. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, so, dude. listeners, now look forward to that episode in like two and a half months. Yeah. <laughs> See if you can get me wheezy laughing on that. <laughs> Probably not, but I'll see what uh, I can do. There you go. <laughs> well, until next time, thank you all very much for listening. This has been Starkcast. Deuces. <laughs>